all gene-based vaccines, independent of manufacturers, produce the same result in the vaccinees. He has looked at 15. In the last four days, the number has been increased to 70 individuals who died after vaccination. These were people who died at home, at work, in the car, doing their sports, etc., etc., etc. There's no question now anymore about what is going on. And the answer is, in the organs of these people, in 90%, he found clear evidence for autoimmune self-attack by killer lymphocytes on the tissues. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, February 20th, 2022, I've got a great show planned for you today. I always have good shows planned for you, but today is especially good. There's probably five topics I have for the show. It could be really long depending on how my steam goes today, but three main topics we're going to get into. Primarily, And right out of the gate, we're going to touch on what's happening in Ottawa that we haven't already covered because there's a lot of kind of redundant coverage. Not to say that's not not important. Everything happening there, in my opinion, is at at the top level of importance right now in regard to how this is all going forward, turning this into a domestic terrorism thing, driving it towards the Great Reset, rationalizing new changes, making them permanent. We're going to get into that to start. We're going to talk about Ukraine because we have to follow up on that. And I'm going to do my best to keep both of those you know, reasonably concise, you know, as, as more so than, than we offer in the, in the opening segment there, as well as getting into one, I think is the most important topic. So please stay tuned. Hopefully not long till the end. I'm applying this to be not, hopefully not that long today to get into self-spreading vaccines, something we've already talked about. Now, right now, if you just heard that phrase and you're going, oh, here we go, you know, something like that, then you need to stay tuned. Because you should know by now that we've already talked about this, and this is not something that's new. This has been ongoing. And yes, we've discussed the context around how it began in animals, zoonotic transfer, and the argument that we should be using uh, self-spreading vaccines amongst the animals that tend to, they claim, spread to people. Now, I'm not to get into the zoonotic transfer argument and whether that's even valid, but talking about how this is something that's been there for a long time. And now during COVID, there's been numerous ways it's been rationalized, saying this is why we need these for humans, saying this is what we're going to do next. Johns Hopkins puts out an entire document, or at least a huge document with a huge part of it being around specifically human-to-human cell-spreading vaccines. Now, the conversation is in two parts on that regard. in that regard about whether that's real, it obviously is, and getting into the science behind it and what it means and how they're framing it as why we should be doing it for COVID-19 and how it is the next step. Then talking about some comments that were just made by Bill Gates, which I'm sure most of you saw, in regard to what he thinks Omicron is, is sort of like its own vaccine. Now we'll talk about that and we'll get into why I found that to be so relevant around the odd origins of Omicron itself, which we've talked about, or the simple idea of how we already see this in effect, doing that anyway, 
Now, there's that just because that ends up being how this works, if we do, and you should understand this based on the science thus far, thus far, that we're talking about the spike protein shedding as Dr. Warren and even the fact checkers were forced to bring him back because he is an expert and is very clearly proving that that can happen. That the spike protein alone, which is cytotoxic, can give you illness and cause symptoms which could then spread. That's proven by the Salk Institute and plenty of other peer-reviewed research. Now, that is happening. Is that something that is spreading this in and of itself? And is that designed that way? Those are questions that we have to ask, but we shouldn't assume that. It could just be that these are clumsy, malfeasant people that don't really care about the side effects of their experiment. Or it could be that that's the way it was designed. And we're going to get into that and let you think for yourself. But for those that are immediately dismissive of the very topic because you've been taught to do so, you're going to want us to tune to realize how very real this topic is and how it's already being justified as the next step for what we're doing because COVID or whatever comes next. Because trust me, they're telling you something's coming next. But plenty of other stuff in regard to liver issues with vaccines and, and some insight from Brooke Jackson herself. But maybe that stuff we push till tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see. But those main topics. But to start off today, I want to make sure and give a quick shout out to the show that I mentioned the other day. But I want I didn't have the tweet in front of me. Rebunked is Scott's new show. Scott's formerly of Truthzilla, who I interviewed in regard to his work on uh, counseling on, on substance abuse and, and youth substance abuse and youth counseling in general, and how horrifying it was to hear what's really going on in the lives of these children and adolescents today with COVID-19. Recommend you check out that interview. It's, it's a hard one to listen to, but it's very important. I wanted to shout out our recent show, and this was the first show, as I understand it, of the new Rebunked series. Premier episode of Rebunked with the with Ryan Christian, also available on most podcast platforms. I really may, hope you check it out. I really enjoyed the conversation. I think he's doing a great job as well. Now, on another couple opening points, I thought you I just had to include somewhere. <laughs> this is just really, I mean, almost unbelievable. Jean-Luc Brunel, as you should be aware of in regard to Jeffrey Epstein, an ally of Epstein, found dead in his French prison. Well, that's not where it stops, but let's first part read this. The prominent French model close associate of Jeffrey Epstein is found dead in his prison cell. Prosecutor said an echo of the jail suicide of his friend. Cause we just all know that suicide, right? Seeing as how there's like a 150 different, very clear issues with the whole story or how all of it seems to be completely coordinated and we keep finding out more, but yeah, it's still suicide because that's what we're supposed to say, right? His former associate Brunel in his mid seventies had been charged with the rape of minors and held in prison since December, 2020. Because this is the kind of people they associate with. And don't forget the people that associated with Epstein that are still out there, still in high places of power. He was briefly freed, of course, because that's how this usually works. When you rape children, you get freed for a little while after 2021, but then reincarcerated on a Paris court, on a, uh, in, reincarcerated, I'm assuming, in a Paris court of appeal or on a Paris court of appeal ruling, excuse me. The source said that he had been found hanged. And there's the kicker. But this was not confirmed by prosecutors. Brunel's death means his case is closed. Of course it does, unless other suspects are implicated in the same case in the future. Oh, and that's also not where it ends. Did I, did I leave it hanging? Oh, that this is the best part. Video cameras in the cell where Jeffrey's friend was found were, quote, where he was found hanging, reportedly not running at the time. Gee, that's a that's quite a constant problem, isn't it? These these prisons of very high profile people just happen to have cameras that just kind of stop working or were never turned on in the first place, or guards that were sleeping simultaneously in the same. Yeah, it all makes sense, doesn't it? Don't question it. He killed himself. That's the story. Let's go back to the fake news stories over here and over there. I mean, come on, guys, this is just silly. I okay. Either these are 
very clearly dishonest and or just incompetent areas that should be completely torn away. You know, it, obviously, that's, I just can't even finish that sentence. The idea that we're going to have cameras in both locations, in both including Jeffrey Epstein, at both the exact time when they were supposed to be committing suicide in a place where that's supposed to be impossible, both of them, <laughs> both cameras were just not running at the time. End of story. All over. Do we even need to do Jean-Luc Bernal did not commit suicide? I mean, this is just so silly to me. Now, I'm not going to say we know that for sure. Maybe he did. Maybe he was forced into it. Maybe they said, if you don't do this, we're going to kill your family. That stuff happens. But the point is, the cameras weren't running, so we'll never know. That's how this works. Finally, to go into COVID-19, or really to COVID-19 first, to Canada discussion, which is very clearly hinging on COVID-19, Sal the Agorist made a comment that I just loved I just think this is so, it's one of these very big, when you talk about, it's just common sense, people, you know, the thing they used to say about cloth masks before they realized they were not ever working and then told us we were still wrong somehow, right? Those people, <laughs> it's just common sense, you dumb conspiracy theorists. Well, you want to hear something common sense? If they've been wrong for two years straight, pretty sure they're not experts. What do you think, guys? Or at the very least, they're the experts that trust what they're supposed to be listening to, which again means they're not experts, they're followers. You're wrong for two years straight. This is the Scott Adams dynamic here, right? No, we were doing the right things for two years, but we ended up being wrong. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You were wrong over and over and over. And I question whether you were decidedly, willfully wrong, but that's different. Great, great tweet. They're not experts, guys. That's simple reality. Or I shouldn't put it that way. They're either not experts or they're experts that are wildly dishonest and choosing to lie to you. Your choice. Now, Getting into Ottawa, this is a really crazy conversation. It's just, it's, I mean, it's kind of those same kind of topics about looking at this stuff, knowing this is going to be potentially happening, knowing they're capable of this, but still kind of going, wow, I can't believe they went there. And every one of these discussions, it's just really crazy. And just wait till we get to the Washington Post discussion, which most of you probably already saw. Oh, I just realized I forgot something. I'm wondering if I can maybe just grab it really quickly, if it will remember for me. Hey, right on. Got it. Okay, we'll come back to that because that's important. It's about the freedom discussion. There it is. Beautiful. Okay, but starting here. That kind of gave away what happened in the Washington Post, but the conversation about the word freedom and how that's being applied to the bad people today. <laughs> Talk about 1984, right? Literally, war is peace. I mean, it's just incredible. Here is Canada. Ottawa police chief asked directly, well, we now know, by the way, which by the way, this is a big story in and of itself that we just jump right over to the crazier part. But we now know that you guys are using these cameras and these different surveillance tools during these protests to map and monitor and catalog the people that are there. Right. So make sure we're clear that no, just because they deem these protests illegal because they say so does not make them illegal. It's not how that works. First of all, none of this is happening through parliament, which is even then I would argue that's still not how that would ultimately work, because if they're against the Constitution or against free the idea of human rights, these things, you don't, it's the same way in this country, at least in our constitution, that if it's null and void to the constitution, it's, or excuse me, if it is repugnant to the constitution, it's null and void. That was a Supreme Court ruling. Just because we have tyrants now passing laws amongst their fake two parties and pretending like that means law, it doesn't. If it violates the constitution, it's null and void, period. And that's why people that still are not, it's similar in Canada, but in, in this country, are being aggressively manipulated into thinking the Constitution is not what it is. Being manipulated into thinking that it is some kind of a law that they already passed, giving you rights. That's not how that works. This was an outline by the Founding Fathers of inherent rights that were already there, whether or not they wrote them down. And these were ideas they wrote them down to say, this is what we need to remember. 
that whether or not another tyrant comes along, this is what every human being has a right to. Now, yes, there are people in there that didn't think that meant black people and so on and so on. There are men in that room that didn't think that any of this should be happening. But what went down on paper is what we can point at. I still argue that it went right in the wrong direction immediately, which is why we're where we are today. But the point simply is that these are rights that are, that are human rights. Now, here they are stepping in and going, well, we're not going to make the, this is just illegal because we don't, it's inconvenient for us. Now they're coming in and saying that anybody that was present and we caught you on film, you're now going to be charged with a crime. But did they violate the law? Did they actually break the law? Did they commit a crime by being present and by, and being like retroactively deemed illegal because you're there and they deemed it illegal? What about the person that was there the day before, before you arbitrarily made it illegal? Are they also on the hook? Probably. But just think about how abstract that is. This is just off the rails. This is what authoritarianism looks like. Now, listen to what he says, because he comes right over the top and says, yes, we are coming for you, because this is meant to feel like January 6th, just as ridiculous and just as authoritarian. Leon, uh, from independent media. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately uh, hit with some pepper spray. I just have a question. Uh, there's some video cameras that the police are using and uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate? Like now, listen. Listen. To, first of all, as I as I stop, this is an independent media person who was sprayed with pepper spray. Like that should be enough story in and of itself, but nobody cares. Question: uh, There's some video cameras that the police are using, and uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate? Like, if the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home. Uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Or are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? Now, before he answers, think about what she's asking. People that are just standing there. Now, yes, they can argue all day, all day long that there are people there and over there and this guy over here with this certain flag doing things that are illegal. Well, that's another question, right? But that's a total difference. That doesn't even matter anymore, right? They've just deemed it all legal, but they're pointing at these guys over there and they're being disrespectful. And they, that guy's racist. They just broke a window and then saying everybody here is now against the law. But that's not how the law works. You see, they're the ones being illegal right now. That's what's important to understand. And so now that the, what she's saying is that these people left, right? So everybody, now I, I, the, the easy argument is not everybody that was there broke the law. I mean, that's obvious. And I argue the, almost all of them didn't except for the one person who they claim I haven't seen proven who broke the law. Did they actually do something illegal? Did they break a window? Did they do something? I mean, arrest them for it then. If you saw it, if you have evidence, then do something. But that's not what's happening. They're giving you broad, baseless claims that people somewhere in this crowd were doing things that were illegal and racist. Prove it. Give us something or erase that person. But see, this they don't want that. They want the broad claims. They can go after literally everybody. Back to the point. If they left, right? Let's say you walked up to the protest. You're there with your family or whatever else, you're on their camera now. And then everybody walks away and you go, okay, well, I'm going home. Then they come after you and say, you're going to get arrested because you were there. Okay. On what charge? What did I do? Like I'm talking specifically about the person that maybe went there from the beginning or maybe showed up halfway through, but didn't do anything illegal. What are you charging me with? Are you really going to charge me with the idea that I'm at a protest? Am I guilty of protest? Because that guy did something or that person over there broke the law. Now I'm guilty just by being present at a protest. You can see where this goes. This is illegalization of actual protest because they just decide to deem it illegal. This is what Asian provocateurs have been doing from the beginning. 
but now they don't need them anymore. Now they just need to claim things and just done. That's COVID-19 on uh, making everything else the same way. They don't need to even prove anything anymore. This is what they serve agent provocateurs. They'd step in, cause violence. They point to the violence. They shut you down. We're just getting rid of that step, I guess. Thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Uh, right. So we're going to rob your money out of your bank account. Who cares if you got a family, a job, people that depend on you just because you were there. We're going to steal from you. Right. And we're going to charge you with a crime. I'd love to see what that turns out to be. Absolutely. This investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time-consuming investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. Um, could I just ask Thank one you. more question? This includes the uh, media availability. For taking our streets over. Okay, so now the crime is what? Protesting, right? Or did you arrest every single Black Lives Matter person that did the same thing? Every single Antifa person that did the same thing? Now, please don't take that as a partisan point. You see, they're using partisanship to manipulate you with that. There's still an obvious contradiction. It's still obviously hypocritical. But if you're looking at that as the Democrats are allowing it, the Republic, the right to under attack, then you're missing it all. You're completely lost if you still think this is a partisan thing. But at the end of the day, it's hypocritical. Now, the reason that that's different is because this is being used right now. The very clear ability is to try to split this down the middle and make it about the right being white supremacist, Nazi. You know, meanwhile, we're over there supporting white supremacist Nazis in Ukraine. But that doesn't matter, though, because... You're not supposed to know about that, right? These are the same people, same ones openly supporting what's happening in Ukraine, which is just the hype, complete hype psyop manipulation to try to frame some kind of conflict and hopefully maybe drive Ukraine to throw itself against Russia. Who knows? But at the end of the day, it's openly white supremacist. Not These are neo-Nazi, the government, the military, top to bottom. We just went over this aggressively in the last couple of shows. We'll do give quick points on it today. So how does that make sense? How do you back one and not the other, support one and not the other? This is just unbelievable to me. Now, the, the point here, guys, you're shutting down their streets is what he said, right? That's exactly what they did with the lockdowns, right? We completely shut you down. But see, they were allowed to shut you down based on a hype, lie, manipulation, things that they now are absolutely running from. But you standing up for your actual freedom, which they're now spinning into a white supremacist term, is what it's all about. Now, I'm telling you, the building of this white supremacist threat is not an accident. It's, happened, it's been building in Ukraine for a while that they've been fomenting, funding, arming. It's not a secret. They just don't tell you about it in the mainstream media so the average person doesn't know about it. That's what this is all about. So they're framing this right white supremacist concept as the biggest villain today. January 6th was supposed to be a first part of that. They bungled that one as well. That's why when you point to the Antifa Black Lives Matter stuff, that's not important to them right now. But see, that time served a purpose in the same light. Think about what that was happening. That When that was going on, it was sort of like the same situation in reverse. This is all political manipulation. Bottom line, they're coming after you, coming after your bank account, even if you just happen to be there. 
even if you just were rocking that day and just happened to get caught up in it. Maybe I, maybe, maybe you didn't even know what was going on. Maybe you thought it was a parade and you walked along. Well, too late. Now you're going to get arrested and robbed from by the authorities, right? The ones fighting for you, right? Protect and serve until they steal from you and arrest you and make your children suffer. Now here is the same kind of people, right? These are the protect and serves, right? Here's Zuby pointing out, just until we flatten the curve or, you know, break your neck with our horses and this person on a scooter who can probably barely walk, but no big deal. Right? This is all about freedom. Doesn't this, isn't this what freedom looks like? Now, here's a question you should ask, guys. Here's a question you should ask. And actually, I was like, I'm going to grab something I just thought of while I do that. Actually, this even ties in my mind to what, uh, somebody talking about third world countries in the Ottawa discussion, one of the supposed leaders of the, of the trucker convoys. Obviously, what he's referencing is, or at least what I would take it as, is being a third world country in reference of freedom. Of course, they try to spin that into being racist. Of course, he means immigrants. Now, is that what he meant? Do you know that? Did you research? Did you ask him? No, because it's easy to assume he means the thing that makes him look racist, right? The, my point in, in bringing that up is the idea of what does it really mean to be a third world country? What does it mean in the context of the definitions and how we view these things around the world? Well, I wrote an article a while back around police states. I believe it was police state. If I can't find it right now, I'll, I'll uh, grab it and come back with it later. But the conversation was, the defini- the bottom line is the definition of what it means to be a, quote, third world country. Guess what? Right now in Canada, specifically in the United States, guess what? We meet every single point of that definition. Every one of them. Now I'm hoping this comes up. It looks like it's going to take a minute. I'm just going to stop it so I don't end up screwing my stream up. I'll grab it later for you and come back. I don't want to end up, you know, having something freeze on me. The bottom line is, guys, that right now, the United States in particular, but the Canada and everything that we're looking at, the, this is, can you imagine if this was the scene they were looking at in Russia right now? If all of a sudden they would lose their minds, look at what they're doing in Russia. They're running people over in the streets. They're standing on them with horses, right? Wouldn't that, would that be unacceptable to them? Look at what Venezuela is doing to its people. How dare they? We stand for you, Venezuelan people. But of course, when it happens in Canada, look at those terrible Nazis on the ground. How dare they fight for freedom? Because, you know, freedom's a Nazi word now if you talk about it in the United States. But if we talk about it over here in Iran, well, we want freedom for you, Iranian people. But freedom, that's a Nazi thing over here. They use the word freedom. That must be white supremacists. I'm going to get to that. It's not, I'm not even making that up. But my point being is that a third world country is just an arbitrary concept. They label it people they don't like. That's what, like, I think this is the map right here. Yeah, we'll get to this too. You know, the map, the ridiculous fake news backward map of what a democracy is. Take note of the full, full extra green democracies in Australia and Canada. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly they're democracies right now, right? But third world countries were meeting every definition of it in regard to wealth inequality, in regard to everything you could possibly point out that they would cre- scream about in these other countries is happening right now to you. But as long as they claim it's for a good reason, then that's okay then because they're good people fighting for freedom, right? Are we still that level? Are we still being that naive today? Children pretending that words like freedom and fighting, you know, they, that they just have to say those things and it's all about the, what they mean as opposed to what they're doing to you. And then you have to ask, do they even mean it? God, this just makes me sick to see. Now, here's Ottawa police. In case you thought this was a conspiracy theory, which plenty of people probably do if they just heard it from somebody on Twitter. This is from Ottawa police. We are seeing protesters bringing their children to the unlawful protest site. I mentioned this briefly the other day. An unlawful protest site, right? So again, if this exact kind of protest was happening from a different location with, let's just say, Antifa, 
Are we really going to pretend like it would be treated the same way? It wouldn't. And you know that because we already saw that example in all, in all sorts of places. UK, United States, Canada, no big deal. But because they deem this unlawful without actually having a lawful proceeding, because <laughs> that makes sense, right? Sort of like shutting down a debate about emergency powers using the emergency powers. Totally makes sense. This is off the rails. That's what I keep saying. This is totalitarian. But since we made this illegal, even though that's completely wrong, we're going to now take your kids away because you dare to stand up for your rights and show them what the right thing to do is. How about the fact that there are people out there that don't even realize this is happening? Like we just said, people that are out there walking along with their families that join the protest because they believe, aren't we in a free country? I don't, I'm not attuned a to the Ottawa police Twitter account. So maybe I never saw this. Maybe I believe that we live in a free country and I have a right to protest. So you stand up and you go, oh, what's going on? I'm going to protest. Next day, your kids get taken from you. This is what it's like to live in a free, not third world country, right? Quote, no, not whatever. Quote, they say this. This is a reminder. If you bring a minor with you to an unlawful protest, even 17-year-old apparently, you may be charged and, and fined up to $5,000 and potentially spend up to five years in prison. Now, and the point being is we already see these proceedings happening after this, and we saw this in regard to vaccination status too, going after people's children, making this as a claim to argue we should take them away, send in child services. Unreal. Here's Christina Freeland. Perfectly contradictory name, by the way, Freeland. And, and, and before, actually, I'll, I'll just, well, I'll say it first before we play what she says here. This is, this is in regard to taking money out of your bank account because they've decided what you're doing is illegal, possibly while you're doing it. Isn't that great? You're in the middle of an act and they go, oh, now illegal. Sort of like the, uh, there's no grandfather law there, right? They pass a law while you're driving down the street. They pull you over too late. You're arrested. But wait, that just happened, right? Too late. Doesn't matter. We don't care what you think or when it happened. You just get arrested because we said so. She's on the World Economic Forum Board of Trustees. Did you know that? And is here. And, and I uh, credit to Ezra Levant for for me finding this. I thought it was actually his video. I would have given him a hat tip in here, but this is. It looks like it's from not Inkless PW. He's the one that shared this though. Is on the World Economic Forum Board of Trustees and is here discussing making her financial emergency powers or Canada specifically permanent. No big deal. Right? So get this, using emergency powers, which half the country right now argues they don't have the right to use, and they used those powers to shut down debate of those powers, and they're using those powers to put into permanent setting, setting those powers, at least in regard to finances. Does that sound like a legitimate setting? Like there's half the government trying to stop it, they won't even let them debate it, but we're already cementing them into permanency? Yeah, that's totally what democracies do, right? Check this out. Uh in terms of the financial instruments which our government is using right now to act against these illegal blockades and illegal occupation uh occupation. We reviewed don't you love that yeah because it's all good to occupy iraq and afghanistan and syria and venezuela yeah but it's all good but when you occupy our streets that we need that we already just shut down for two years you're a criminal very very carefully the tools at the disposal of the federal government. Otherwise known as weapons against you that they're not legally allowed to use because they don't have these powers justifiably, but whatever, you know, facts. Uh, and we used all the tools that we had prior to the invocation of the Emergencies Act, and we determined that we needed some additional tools. Now, some of those tools uh we will be putting forward uh, measures to put those tools permanently in place. 
the authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms. Meaning, meaning the financial ability to steal from you is going to be covered. We already see this happening. Like they, look, here's what's crazy. They're pretending like they need this is this is what it looks like to to put into law the illegal action you just took. We already saw them manipulating these GoFundMe accounts and Go Spend Me or whatever the other ones are, and and leaning on them and manipulating them. So if they are now putting this into power, like spreading this to that, so that means they did that illegally. Yep. But who cares though, right? Just like everything else they do. That's how they tend, they tend to do this. Like the Smith Modernization Act. They basically just write into law the illegal thing they do and pretend like it's for you. Oh, it's against the law. Don't worry. We're going to, we're going to rectify that with some legal settings. And then they just write into law that they're allowed to do it. They go, doesn't that solve it? It's not a crime anymore. (laughs) Well, no, we were mad that you were doing it. Not that it was against the law. See, it's just arbitrary. So now they're saying we're going to be able to steal from you. Can't even crowdfund this stuff. Uh, and uh, payment platform and their payment providers. Uh, yeah, like like credit cards, cryptocurrency, whatever, anything. And 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 please, I know you guys already know this, but please do not miss how obviously connected this is with everything around COVID nineteen. The same financial, digital passport ID, everything that Catherine Austin Fitz and I talked about. This is exactly the same thing being re- literally rationalized from a different angle. Don't miss how obvious that's connected. This is the same direction. That's the point about her being on the board of trustees for the World Economic Forum, the Young Global Leader, the Great Reset discussion. That's the same thing. It's just about controlling your ability to fund whatever else you're doing. It's counter to what they want you to be doing. Oops. In place permanently. Uh, so that's, that is something that we need to do and we will do, and that needs to be in place permanently. Uh, some of these other tools... Uh, like uh, the sharing of information between law enforcement and financial services and the requirement of financial services to be reviewing their accounts proactively. Right. So now they're basically just making these financial institutions like might as well just be another arm of their of their intelligence apparatus. At the same time, they're giving you information or giving back. Like this is a free flow of information that at one point used to be called privacy. Right. And your rights. <laughs> Who cares, though? Because we arbitrarily deemed this a threat, even though we never proved that. Now we're just stepping over everything we pretended was sacred before. Right. Because you're dangerous. It's just like COVID, like everything else. Unprovable fear and threat. Right. Look at how that COVID threat turned out. Right. But they used it to build what they have now. It's the same difference. If we let them run based on insinuation and hyperbole, that's that's what happens. Same thing happened with Ukraine. The literally entire story is literally based on nothing but hype and narrative. It's incredible, but it's it's just an insight to where we are right now. All of this is based on hype and narrative. That's it. Like, I, have you even seen an actual provable picture of these things they're claiming happening? I mean, I personally haven't even seen a picture. I think I even saw, I think I one picture of some supposed uh, Nazi flag one time in this entire process. And I haven't, I haven't even been able to vindicate that that was real, but that's all. I haven't seen anything else they've been talking about. And there's every day, there's some new argument of racist comments or this over here, breaking this over there, stealing from this person. I haven't even seen it. I mean, for crying out loud, why don't we feel that we need to have them prove what they say anymore? See, I even take that back. I believe we all do think that they're pretending they don't and hoping that the fringe side of the two-party paradigm, they're desperately hoping pretend to be the majority run with it. So if you continue to work from one side or the other on this, even if you're along this path with us, you're helping the problem. The two-party paradigm is what they're clinging to right now. 
and the immunity from prosecution that we have provided to them in doing this. These are okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop again, but the point being is that they're giving immunity to the financial institutions. Immunity. Think about the same thing with COVID 19. That means that they can happily step over what they're supposed to do and go, ah, oh, oops, I didn't mean to. We were doing it a direction from the government, so we're not even accountable. So what happens when they start doing other things since they have immunity? Are we seriously talking about giving financial institutions immunity? You mean the same people that have been robbing and stealing? And I mean, long before 2008, these are the same people tied up with the same governments that have ruined and been backing wars. And, and I mean, for crying out loud, instant financial institutions like what Wells Fargo and others that have been continually lying, stealing and cheating and everything. But yeah, because they're now on your side of this, you're going to give them immunity because we can't have them taking action without not having any possible accountability. <laughs> of course you can. Why does that even make sense to people? We can't let them have a possible risk of crime. How dare we can't have these vaccine companies make things for us and then have them be held accountable for side effects. That's crazy. No, it's not. This is them creating the reality that justifies them never, ever being held accountable for what they do. And we get it. There's, we'll get into the UN discussion and the troops and stuff in a second. Extraordinary measures, measures that we absolutely believe are necessary in the current circumstances that are having an impact. And let me also point out having a peaceful impact. Uh, and the other aspect of the financial tools that I would point to as being really effective and important is uh, being clear that insurance on trucks that participate in these illegal occupations and blockades will be suspended. Wow. I mean, that's just next level, guys. What about their families? Right? What about their, what about, so they go out there in the truck and they're protesting legally, mind you, unless they broke the law somewhere along. They don't just get, they're not just breaking the law because they're there. That's not how this works. You don't get to retroactively make them all criminals because you just decide they're criminals. That's like saying, if you wear a hat tomorrow, you're now a criminal. You don't just get to do that. They have to have, there's a, that's why there's supposed to be a legal process. And that's why half the government is standing up and screaming about how illegal this is. It doesn't matter. But they have insurance on these vehicles, which probably applies to more than one and so on. So they're just present. And then you're going to remove the insurance? I mean, th this is affecting far more than the people that are present. And this is there's literally no justifiable reason for this. Think about the overreach here. Well, I mean, even if they were breaking the law. So let's just claim that's always been a law. So you can't stop in the street. You can't do that. Fine. They broke the law. How do you justify the step to take their insurance, to seize their bank accounts? There's no, there's no legal avenue to that. If you think they broke the law, then charge them with the crime they broke. And what's the, what is the actual uh, consequence? I'm not saying that's what I hope they should do. My point is, if there's a law, there should be a consequence to it. You know, there's, there's a fine and there's possible jail time. That didn't even have, this is just un, opaque and whatever they want it to be. Again, this is quite literally what it looks like to be an authoritarian, totalitarian government. This is off the rails. So we didn't have those tools. I don't believe that those tools should be part of the toolbox of a government in ordinary times but they are necessary in these extraordinary circumstances and uh, they are having a very uh, clear. Yeah. And we're going to make them permanent, right? I guess you forgot that you literally just said that. No, not these aren't good for all times, except we're just about to make them permanent though. Cause I'm a complete ridiculous hypocrite. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud. And as somebody points out in the chat, which is true in every angle, otherwise than this too, they're going after people everywhere. People that support them, people that give them firewood, give them gas. If they go work, go walk over to a restaurant, they attack the restaurant. Like this is crazy town.
And there are some people that support this, but this is where it's heading. Here is the re- here's the proof of Christina Freeland joining the World Economic Forum Board of Trustees. It's not a secret. This is that this is look at that weird right before this all started. And we also have to remember these people are all tied to the young global leaders. And, and Klaus Schwab himself has said many times on the record that he is infiltrated. I believe that's even the word he used. Multiple cabinets. I just don't know why that's not alarming as hell for so many people. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece- at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world. Right. Form. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm-hmm. I'm here with the president, with a young global leader, but... And so who do we have as we walk, uh, Klaus, in, in, uh, in the different meetings? What type of uh, stakeholders do we have, Are we the constituencies? Stakeholders, we have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, of course, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous um, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders, we have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs. Now that goes on and on and on from the Trumps to Putin's to China to the U.S. It's everyone, guys. And we it, and that's another great Jay Wilderness video. You guys, it's important that we really do. And I know even those amongst the T-Lab community are also still tapped to some degree into the two-party paradigm. You know, and I will always admit that it's possible that I'm the one that's wrong, always. But I, I just don't see how that could be. I'm open to it. But the idea is the two-party paradigm. It doesn't mean you have to disconnect from what you think are your values. Just recognize how the two-party paradigm is being used. Like that is such an obvious reality right there. And they're all tapped into a larger agenda that's not even even on the surface of the two-party paradigm conversation. The Great Reset is only forced into that conversation because of our work, not specifically T-Lab alone, but independent media. 
They wouldn't even be taught anymore. They were calling it an absolute conspiracy theory. And while it was, I mean, you have an entire book about it. So people in, in I think it was Denmark, were openly called out about it. He's like, I don't even know what that is. And he's like, well, here's an email where you thanked him for the book. You know, they're openly lying about this. There's something bigger happening here. We have to remember that. It's just very, very clear. But the, the conversation there is is obvious. He's openly telling you we have an in the cabinets, we're immersed. I saw someone in the chat saying that I think one of these videos, probably the one before with Newland or uh, Freeland, was Jimmy Dore was apparently playing it on there. But, you know, if you'd like the, the full story, make sure you stay tuned over here to get into the deep part of it. But so this just happened in the House of Commons. It is clear that any questions regarding the World Economic Forum penetrating the Canadian cabinet will be ignored. I find this to be really interesting. Now, this is at the very least, an obvious example, and, and this isn't the only one we've seen. We've seen already this get shut down as conspiracy theory. They're not allowed to talk about it. So that's this is like the third time I've seen this happen. This one, I guess he pretends the microphones aren't working, even though you can clearly hear him, and they just skip over it. Listen to the question. Uh, the Honorable Member for Oshawa. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWEF World Economic Forum has, quoted, infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. Which you just heard, right? So it's, that's very clear. I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name... Which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, or, I, I know he was. I know that uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Wow. Um, and, I, and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay. Uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honorable the, the honorable member for Timmins James Bay. Wow. Mr. Speaker, that member was promoting. Open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call it disinformation. Uh, I want to get into debate again. Uh, the honorable member, uh, questions and comments, the honorable member Lambton, Ken Middlesex. So they just went right, they're done, passed it. So he cuts him off, even though he's clear, and everybody already obviously heard him since the other guy stood up and said, that's clear misinformation. So what's exactly misinformation? He, he said almost verbatim what you just heard Klaus Schwab saying. That's not the video, but what you just heard Klaus Schwab saying. There's no secret to this. He openly says this. He even uses the word infiltrate. And these people just don't like the way that sounds, even though it's true. And don't miss that the guy, the, 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 uh, I get what's his term here. Hold on. I forget what, well, I forget what they call the, his position in this case, not speaker, but whatever. I, the point being, he hears him, stands up, shuts it down. Even calls it a good question, then lets the other guy speak about how it's a conspiracy theory. It's just very clear, in my opinion, how this is being controlled. Now, the joke here being, especially from places like Australia, which, by the way, the prime minister was also a young global leader, it's absurd to see how the point is the people that make these maps are completely and wildly co opted by whatever the Western power entity is. Right? The, the, Canada, right now, is the furthest thing from a democracy, if that's even what you would want mob rule. Here is Australia, which has been that. Is it Speaker of the House? That's interesting. I, I for some for a second I thought it was something different since we're in Canada versus the United States. But so in the chat they are confirming Speaker. Anyway, not not related to the point. And in the chat, by the way, if you don't mind, in case you know, what's is it different in in the UK in that case? Give me an answer on that. But so the point here, 
look at Russia and look at these different places. You know, you can argue all day, all day that you want that you, I mean, here, here's a couple of examples that don't make sense. Look at one of the most obvious, which we should know, not democracies, Saudi Arabia. Now, who works with Saudi Arabia again? Who, who actively supports them and hides what they do and doesn't hold them out for their crime? Oh, that's right. The United States, the UK, France, all of them. So how does that make sense? Why would that make sense to anybody? They're working with them right now to destroy Yemen, to do whatever else they want, to attack Iran. So it doesn't matter that they're one of the worst places in the world? Well, it should matter. But of course, they just frame these things however they want. Anyway, the idea that Canada in this plan, in this sense would be, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Now I want to make a couple more points. Same in the UK. Thank you for, thank you for that. <clears throat> now, the idea of stealing people's money from their bank accounts is so wildly outside what we would ever expect it to be. I mean, in the, especially in the con, I mean, honestly, even if you're committed a crime, why, why, when has it ever been logical and acceptable to just arbitrarily steal all of their money? At the very least, they would frame it in the past as some sort of restitution that's demanded. Not everything you own, but that's what they're doing right now. Because they're trying to scare you away from, how dare you protest against this authoritarian government? How dare you? If you do that, we're going to literally rob you to the ground. Steal your insurance, pull your car, take your children. This, all of those things they've said. Here is an example of what this is called. And we just talked about this the other day. This, and this is now. This is from February 18th, two days ago. The FBI seized almost a million dollars from this family and never even charged them with a crime. Now, this is unrelated. We're talking about something in, in the context of the FBI, the United States. But the idea that they don't ever charge somebody with a crime and seize a million dollars from you, that that's even possible, should blow your mind. But guess what, guys? This idea of civil asset forfeiture has been around for a long time, decades. And the point is that it's never been, it's been, it's always been quasi-legal. Plenty of groups around the world and the countries specifically have spoke up about this a long time ago and said, this is crazy because we've even, they've even gotten called out for having motivation to take money. Whereas they steal the money and then you find out after testifying because they call them up on it in a court of law where, oh, well, what'd you get with it? Oh, we got a snow cone machine for the office. We got a couple of rocket launchers. I'm not even making this up, guys. Testified video of these police officers telling you what they got with the money they stole from somebody after never charging them with a crime. So the point being, this is happening now in the United States and elsewhere <clears throat> under a guise that they have the legal right to just rob from you, even when they don't prove that you broke the law. And I'm just setting a tone here for how this is happening, not just in Canada. So remember that that's happening right now for Canadians who are absolutely doing something that's legally protected. Now, if you want to know more about this background, uh, just heads up, I haven't looked at these articles in a long time. I wrote them back in 2016, 17, so there might be time. I should actually go back and check my old work, but you know, just my mind's probably changed quite a bit since then and typos and whatnot, but it's still probably valid to look at. I'm just being kind of facetious. I'm sure it's out. I'm sure it's, I stand by my work. I always do. But this is what's been going on for a long time. I call this seizing the American dream, a sad tale of civil asset forfeiture. I believe this is the one where I referenced the uh, Hispanic family that was driving across the country to open a, an, open a church and even had the paperwork to back it up. And the police department just robbed them of like $20,000, $30,000. Never got it back ever. Even proving that they had the paperwork didn't happen. That's the kind of authority we're talking about here. Here is another, this one was tailored around the seizure of marijuana assets, but as I called it, policing for profit. 
This is during the boon of when they would just rob you of all your marijuana assets and take a lot of money along with it too. Just because why? Because you're legally operating a cannabis dispensary in a place where the federal government doesn't agree. All right. This is the same kind of lawless mentality. Now here is the final couple of points on what's, or actually two last points, this, and then we'll get into the Washington Post. This is something that somebody has just, and I've, I've independently verified this from three different people. In fact, somebody actually left me a message about this right before I was going live. I wasn't able to get in contact before I went live, but confirming also that this has been seen, verified, that this is UN planes inside of Canada, which in and of itself doesn't necessarily prove all sorts, but it's interesting, right? Especially before we get to the next point, but watch this. So it's very clear that is there, right? So let's be clear about that. I've seen, I've had this vindicate or verified by numerous people in Canada. <clears throat> so that's in and of itself, not a bombshell. But it's a little alarming with what's going on, right? Now, here is what just got seen at the most recent protest. And this, whether or not it's connected to this, and I'll get into that afterward, is crazy to me. Here are Quebec Provincial Police Service officers with their identifying names and badge numbers removed. Now, a lot of people are arguing this is UN police. Now, I don't think that's what happened. It could be. I'll give you that. Dressed in these, I'll, I'll show you, I'll just do this first. Here are Quebec police officers from previous, this is what their deployment to G7. The person who left me a message and plenty of others were arguing this are the same uniforms that the UN police were wearing at the G7. It turns out these are Quebec police, but I could argue that could be UN and vice versa, right? But nonetheless, argument is this is Quebec police. So it does look exactly the same, but they, what they have removed are the names and badge numbers, which is crazy. And here's another example of the officers paid time and a half to work G7 Summit. You can see the similar look, right? So that, just so that's clear. Here is what you're looking at. Now, I can't believe this. We're talking about a title. Why in the world would you even have the need to remove names and badge numbers? Do they Are they not acting within the law? The only reason you would do that is because you were trying to avoid accountability. Or give them any any ammunition to look at their names and report them and so on. Because they know what they're ha what's happening right now is, I mean, this is incredible. So this is what it looks like to lean into your authoritarian rule. You're literally the last thing holding us from having our freedom back. You are the last fucking thing that's blocking us from freedom. Stop hindering us, man. We want our freedoms. Once we give them up, that's it. We'll never get them back. It takes broken promises to get people into communism and a revolution to get them out. Ignore the partisan talking points. All right. If right now you believe that this is all to instill communism, then you are confused, in my opinion. It's no different than what democracy leads to, guys. That is the partisan manipulation. It is centralized government. If you think that communism is all you'll be afraid of, how do you explain where we are right now? Maybe because you believe that was it. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It, any set government situation, it all depends on the kind of government ruling and leading and the people behind it. 
doesn't mean that they all can lead here. Yes, you can argue that communism might have a faster way of doing that. I, 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 I could have an argument about that. But look at where we are. I don't want communism. I don't want democracy. I don't want government ruling my life. I think they're all problematic. So those that try to make it out to be that I'm like secretly supporting communism, it's just childish and wrong. It's so obvious where this stuff leads. The idea that this is all trying to push in communism is how you work within the two parties paradigm, because then you get the left and the right that are still stuck in that mindset, fighting each other instead of realizing that all of them are leading you into a loss of rights, into a complete controlled top-down technocratic panopticon that has nothing to do with democracy or communism. It has to do with complete top-down control. And if you think that's what communism is, then again, you don't understand communism and I'm not supporting it. Now, this is crazy because of how obviously they're hiding who they are, which is not how a democracy is supposed to operate, right? This is my point about the third world, third world country discussion. Now, here is the Washington Post. Now, you'll see this is how I have to look at this because they have their paywalls, which is what failing news outlets do, right? The Ottawa trucker convoy is rooted in Canada's settler colonial mindset. <laughs> That's what it says. And you know why I laugh out loud about that? Or history, excuse me. I mean, so right now what they're trying to do is frame these people standing up for their rights as, you know, invaders, occupiers, colonial, like right-leaning white supremacist, you know, extremists is what they're trying to do. And trying to make that out to be the person that apparently, in a colonial sense, occupied the Native Americans, right? But who actually did that again? Oh, that's right, the government. Was it the individual people inside the, inside the country? No, it was the government. So how in the world are you pointing at your actions and saying that that's why they're doing what they're doing? So doesn't that inherit in a, in a backward way make you responsible? But it doesn't even matter. It's just there. This is so conflated and, and just clumsy and lazy. It's just about framing this as they don't like Native Americans or they're colonial occupiers, which taps into the false part of the left idea of where this goes, which, yes, is obviously where the party, the paradigm in regard to the Canadian government is tapped into. They're using it to manipulate you. That's all it comes. They want the right and the left to be divided on what's happening here, guys. It's desperate. But this is just bad. Canada's dark history of public health. Of course, public health, right? This is crazy to me. They're talking about the way that Canadians govern, Canada's government treated the Native Americans. And that's supposed to be a parallel to what their freedom convoy is doing and not a parallel to what you're currently doing to everybody in your country. I mean, that's just almost a, I mean, it's almost like they, how do they think they're going to sell you this narrative and you're not going to stand back and go, but doesn't that work more to what you're doing to us? If that's the best they can do, they're clearly failing, both from <clears throat> what you see them doing and how they're trying to hide it with the media. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed for them, both for the Washington Post and for the Canadian government, trying to pretend that this is their fault. It's your fault that we occupied the Native Americans, right? Well, here are some of the parts on it that I have to do like this because you, they have a paywall. But it says, while the convoy supporters have characterized the protest as a peaceful movement, uninformed by, I love how they say uninformed. That's not even remotely the right word or the word that they used. It's being, un, uh, the word being is we're not, in, we're not being driven by politics, race, religion, or any personal beliefs. They're trying to make it sound like they're uninformed. Like this is just, it's so obvious how they have an agenda. But so what they're basically saying is, yes, I know that they're saying that they don't are influenced by politics or race and they're not doing that, but they're lying and they're not true. 
That's they, this is they don't care what you say. It's sort of how you go and say, look, I'm not like Robert Malone or anybody else. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I support vaccines. But they go, oh, he doesn't mean that. Look at what he says here. He's an anti-vaxxer on conspiracy theorists because that's all that works for them. So is that journalism to not have evidence to simply just say the opposite of what they say because of your opinion? <laughs> that's called subjective propaganda. But here they are saying, well, I know they claim to be not racist and not be driven by politics, but many supporters have been associated by who? Oh, you guys. Okay. With or expressed racist, Islamophobic, and white supremacist views. Show me. Like, if that's so, give me a, where's the link? Where's the picture? Where's the evidence that that's the case? Where's your interviews? Clearly, you have many supporters who have been associated. You see, all it comes down to is these people are Republicans. These people are, are are Trump supporters. These people believe in this or that, that we've already tied, therefore, to white supremacy. Therefore, they are white supremacists. That's how, that's how they do with the Russians. That's how they do with anything else. Oh, you said that you believe in freedom? Well, you're a white supremacist, clearly. I'm not, that's not even a joke. That's where we are in this article. My point being, they're deciding subjectively as a news outlet that we believe these supporters are this way because of how we see them. Therefore, all of this is racist, don't you see? Even though they say otherwise. And we don't even need to prove that. When Tucker Carlson, of course, racist, right supremacist, of course, for Fox News, interviewed Benjamin J. Ditcher, cementing his place among the movement's leaders. And I see, this is why that's always the wrong way to go. I'm all about the white, the yellow vest direction. We don't need leadership. We just need mentality. We need integrity. We need principles. And yes, people will always veer away from them just like we see here or like they claim is happening, which I don't even see, but doesn't mean somebody couldn't break off and, and wave a flag or break off and do what they want to do. That does not mean the entire group does that. It just simply doesn't. And they, that's, that's called logic. And they would apply it anywhere else except when they want to lie about what's happening. But here it says he rambled. Of course, that's, you know, <laughs> you can't just be like, here, what, here's the content of what he said and why it's wrong. They have to quietly undermine and say he's dumb and can't speak properly. And likened Canada's Western provinces to a third world country. And here's my point. Due, presumably, to immigration. Oh, isn't that just jamming in, shoehorning what you want into the narrative you laid out? Well, he's a racist, even though he doesn't say so. And he said third world country, which probably means immigration because clearly he's a racist. This is the journalism of Washington Post. The point is, we don't know that. Sure, it could mean that. And of course, as an honest person, I could tell you that might be why he said it. But how about we recognize what they're actually saying. And if you listen to the entire discussion, it's very clear that he made clear it's not politics, race, religion. It's talking about freedom. And what's the classic idea of what third world countries don't have? Freedom, even though that's pretty commonly not the reality, because we can see that some of these third, so-called third world countries have far more freedom than they claim to have in these countries today. The point being, he's talking about freedom, but they just said probably immigration. In Ottawa, it says various reports captured maskless protesters brandishing Confederate Nazi and Trump 2024 flags. Of course, because Trump, Trump flags are automatically white supremacists. Do you see where we're going with this? You know that's not true. Now, yes, you can argue that you might have the belief that people that support Trump might have the tendencies to be one certain way. And that would be the only even remotely fair way to say that. But it doesn't matter because to them, Trump is white supremacy. They are Nazis. Therefore, if they have a Trump flag, that's just the same thing. So did they actually see Confederate Nazi flags or did they see Trump flags and they're just conflating it all? Right? You know why we don't know that? Because they haven't given you evidence. But it doesn't matter because the evidence of the mainstream is just narrative today. Again, my point being is Confederate, just so we're clear on this, 
does not inherently mean racist. That's been a classic way they've manipulated this. Now, yes, I will tell you plenty of people that may have certain beliefs would use that flag to represent them, but it does not therefore inherently mean that. Now, also the Nazi and everything else, I have yet to see evidence this is something where they say various reports. Now, is that various reports of the same incident? I guess they kind of leave that out, which is how they play this. Captured maskless protesters, which doesn't mean anything. You see, this is just subjective nonsense. Police have launched dozens of criminal investigations and made at least 20 arrests, which doesn't mean they're guilty, does it? Including for carrying weapons in a public place, which, by the way, is your your legal right. But because they just don't like your rights, they pretend that's a problem. I mean, look, in Tennessee, it's an open carry state. So it's interesting that in an, an imaginary line between pieces of prop, pieces of you know territory within this country, you can have a weapon openly carried, and that's within your rights. Why? Because the Second Amendment, your Constitution, regardless of what you believe, it's not your, you don't get to choose for me what these things mean. But if you cross that line, suddenly you're breaking the law, according to them. Now, all of this <clears throat> goes to the point that they are wildly spinning the reality to make it meet what they want, just like with January 6th. The convoy says has surprised onlookers in the U.S. and Canada, because, both because of the explicitly racist and violent perspectives of some of the organizers <laughs> and because the action seems to violate the norms of Canadian politeness. <clears throat> okay, again, because of the explicitly racist and violent perspectives, perspectives of some. Okay, why would that then mean everybody there is racist? That's, that You're an ignorant person if you claim that, just like they've used the term racist today to broadly apply to what they wanted to apply to, which becomes meaningless as well as ignoring that it's only, it's only because you can only be racist if you're white, <laughs> which then undermines the exact concept because that in and of itself becomes racist, but nothing means everything and not anything, everything means anything. The point being, you can't broadly brush everybody like that because you say some of them were. And even if you did say some of them were, how about you prove that? Where's it coming from? Who are the people hearing this? And what are their perspectives? Are they just hearing, I think Trump should be president, and they then they take that as racist because it's already been framed literally as racist? Or that you're wearing a red hat insults me, and I feel like it's an attack on me personally? We've heard all this from people lost in the two-party paradigm. So when the very clearly lost two-party paradigm media stands up and says they're racist because they're explicitly being racist, does that mean wearing a red hat? I mean, they've literally made that argument. So you can already see how easy this becomes to just lie. And within their mindset, it's not even lying because they believe it. But the convoy represents the extension of a strain of Canadian history, the government, meaning that, that has long masked itself behind peacefulness and unity. Don't you love how right now they're undermining the very sentiment of the government because they're desperate to hide what's happening? Like they're literally going, yeah, they hide behind peacefulness while they're not doing that was the point. And you're talking about the Canadian government. Isn't it amazing? If you pointed this out in another context, they would call you a anti-Canadian. <laughs> Settler colonialism. Yeah, exactly. That's what they still do today. That's what they're currently doing around the world as they frame it on these truckers standing up for freedom. This is what it looks like to be desperate, in my opinion. It is not incidental that this latest expression of white supremacy, you look at how quickly we went. This is two paragraphs. It went from some, and we don't know all, and we and and you know, blah, 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 to the latest expression of white supremacy from this protest, I guess that's already decided, is emerging amid a public health crisis. Exactly. And not white supremacy, but they're using the public health crisis and they're pinning this on them. We're talking about the same thing that happened to the Native Americans and the boot of the government. 
And the same thing's happening to all of us now. We're all the Native Americans at this point. Same thing. The history of Canadian settler colonialism and public health demonstrates how both overt white supremacist claims and seemingly more inert nationalistic claims about unity and freedom both enable and erase ongoing harm to marginalized communities. Right. The communities that are marginalized, marginalized by the government actions from a historical standpoint, and yet you're pointing to the people standing up for the freedom, which includes those communities, as the people marginalizing those communities? Like, this literally doesn't make sense. I mean, in, I mean, I mean, quite literally, this is counterintuitive. I don't even think they care. I mean, and, and then obviously the main point, unity and freedom, just like we pointed out before, are now literally words that are white supremacist. Or words that are veiling their secret white supremacy. But if they use it, it's okay, right? But if you say it while wearing a red hat, well, you must be white supremacist because you don't mean freedom, you mean... Right. So that, that's their guessing, subjective manipulation. Oh, wink, wink. I get it. I know what you really mean. Freedom. No, I said freedom. I mean freedom. They're subjectively deciding for you. <clears throat> it says, through the establishment and amendment of federal policies, the Canadian state weaponized medicine in history, public health, and science in support of settler colonial aims. Yeah, you, you mean, like, if you didn't know that sentence was supposed to be pointing back to the Native Americans, wouldn't you stand back and go, yeah, totally. They're right now establishing or weaponizing medicine, public health, and science in support of their colonial settler aims on you and your body. Isn't this incredible? But they're literally using this as a way to say this influenced these truckers. And that's why they're acting like white supremacists and colonial settlers right now. That was a swing and a miss, white Washington Post. Less than a decade after Canadian Confederation, the establishment of the Indian Act bestowed upon the federal government sweeping powers regarding First Nations cultural practices, education, health, and systems of governance. Yeah, kind of like they're doing now to people. Like, you can't have a religious freedom. You can't say you have, this violates your religious rights. You can't have any, you know, you, they, they say take an objection. It's not your choice. For example, treaty number six of the 1876 signed between the Canadian state and the Cree people of Alberta and Saskatchewan claimed that, quote, if Indians being overtaken by any pestilence or by a general famine, the queen will grant to the Indians assistance. Great. Just like today. Right. If we if you if we think you're sick, if you showing symptoms and we have tests that say so and you well, you have to get assistance. We'll get to more of that, which is very big part of where we get. Well, that'll be at the end today in regard to even a German law from decades ago that says that they have the right to do this. In fact, very clearly using self-spreading vaccines. Oops. Yeah, that was in a law written long before we got here. But going forward, before we get back to that, in 1884, the amendment to the Indian Act required First Nations children under the age of 16 to attend residential schools. Just like, I mean, this is, please see the overlap to where we're dealing with today. It's the same government doing the same things, and they're framing the people fighting against them as the ones doing the same thing. Think about how stupid that is. Many children were forcibly removed from their homes. Yep. Received physical and psychological punishment for speaking you fill in the blank, in this case, indigenous languages or practicing indigenous customs and rituals, right? You can see how that applies in the same way today, along with these acts of cultural genocide and accompanying physical violence. Finally, the primary, primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy. Are you kidding me? There are, these protests are around the world. You should be aggressively insulted by this. Aggressively. This is a racist sentiment. Are you seriously pretending that you know it's primarily white people supporting this convoy, despite the fact it's happening all over the world, and it's very clearly completely multifaceted? If they're desperate, 
They're saying the primarily white supporters of this convoy argue, apparently they know what all of you argue collectively because that's an intelligent stance to take, right? They all together argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon our constitutional rights to freedom. How does that even have any bearing on being a white supporter of anything? You see, because that's their first sentence to frame what comes next. So these people that are fighting for their rights of freedom, that are all white, the notion of, quote, freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness. (laughs) Wow. As historian Tyler Stovall has argued, the belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. Now, make sure you recognize that that sentence is ridiculous because they didn't even make sense. I believe they mixed two things in an effort to try to make their point. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom I mean, the point, if you said the belief that one's entitlement to freedom, the belief, I mean, I can't even make sense of it. The point is, is a key component of white supremacy. The way you would actually say that was a, the, the belief that you have an entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. It's like they started off saying one thing and just bled it into something else. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom is present is something else. Like, that's how that should go. You see what I'm saying? Like, I just had to point that out. But the sentence is unbelievable, even though it's completely ridiculous and, and bad writing. They're saying that your belief to f- you are, that you are entitled to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. I mean, that's, that's as stupid as saying that wearing a shirt is a key component of white supremacy. As you could also say, wearing a shirt is a key component of like every other thing in life. Right? So the idea that people who want freedom are inherently white supremacists is a clumsy, it's, it's, it is a lazy argument. You could have made that a hell of a lot better with a little bit of thought. The point is they're so desperate to frame the freedom point. I think this is an example of how well it was framed by the protesters because if all they're saying is we want freedom, well, they had to frame freedom as a bad thing, right? Here we are. You know who also says freedom is a key component of what they're doing? Black Lives Matter or any other group that stands up for freedom that they claim is, I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I believe it's been co-opted by everything else, but just because they say it, well, now it's white supremacist. This explains why the Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom. Oh, is that why? Maybe it's also because it's in the Constitution or because they claim they're in a free country, but nope, none of that. It's only because they're inherently white supremacist. Think about the logic to get to that point. No matter the public health consequences to those around them. Oh, and there we go. It's all about them not caring about your public health. Can you ask a quick question here? Why exactly is it anybody's responsibility to take action for other people's health? That's not a law, is it? You could argue that it's, you know, maybe a kind thing to do to consider what it may do to other people's situation. But the argument today that it's your responsibility is simply ridiculous. Now, I, as a human being, would consider people around me and whether my actions might influence them. But you know what? If it ended up being about my health at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to take an action that is actually counter to my health because it arguably increases somebody else's situation over there. That's stupid. But that's what they're pushing today. And and of course, if you stand up for the fact that you have a right to freedom, well, you're a white supremacist, unless you're not white. Isn't that perfect? Now, by the way, two last points. Australian police confirm, according to Epoch Times, use of sonic weapons at the protests against COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Now, yes, of course, all of the people in Canada will right now be pointing out why that's very, very relevant. Now, I haven't personally proven a connection to Ottawa, but I've seen a lot of pretty weird things online about the people that were at these protests that had some strange side effects after leaving. 
But in any case, here's the police in Australia going, yeah, we're using that. We're using the sonic weapons that we pretend didn't happen or don't exist elsewhere <laughs> against people that stand up for their rights. Freedom, right? Democracy. Can't you tell? Can't you tell what a democracy it is? Because it's green. Didn't you know? Finally, this is the point they already tried to make. Here's CBC News back on February 13th saying the word has become common among far right groups. Freedom. I mean, this is 1984, like on steroids, quite literally inversing the reality. How incredible. As I said, when the, word, the very word freedom becomes a radical term, welcome to COVID-1984, where war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. That's an exact quote from the book. Tell me that's not exactly what's happening right now. Now, you know, of course, I took way longer than I had planned. I always forget and I get immersed in the topic. But let's jump over to the COVID-19 topics, right? This is, or specifically, now we're going to talk about, oh, excuse me, there I am jumping all over again. I wanted to make sure we started with Canada because it's so important. But let's try to quickly run down what's happening with Ukraine because they're trying to distract you from everything else. And we'll finish with the self-spreading vaccine conversation. And this is important, guys. For those that are watching this, I really believe this is a complete bungled, nonsensical situation. Doesn't mean it's not going to lead to something. Even lies can lead to very clear war. Wag the dog, manipulation can, can cause people to react. But I believe this is so embarrassingly obviously what's happening right now. Now let's start before we get into the current situation, which again is where they're all right now going, oh, it's all going to happen tomorrow. Didn't you say that yesterday, the day before, a week ago, a month ago? Yeah, they did. And I'll show you. But here is from December 22nd, 2021. Now, you might find that to be early, right? It is. But we showed you this goes back to August. We showed you that in September 20th, 2021, the U.S. government was waging drills inside of Ukraine. And then after that, Russia did drills back and we continue to see other things happening inside their own country. But even though the U.S. government was along the in Ukraine, close to Russia's border, with its own troops, with its own drills, that that wasn't a provocation. But when Russia responded with its own drills, that became acting of war and they're building and it's lead. That's where it all came from. That's where we are now. It was narrative. And we also point out that the Atlantic Council was sticking his fingers in this back in August saying, time to remind Russia about Crimea. And it's all, there was a point. Somebody drove this into reality. Now, all we've seen since is the same thing that's been happening on the separatist line for eight, for eight years straight. Almost every single day, they've got these shellings and skirmishes back and forth. I proved you that with different articles. Plenty, I mean, some of these articles literally said dozens of times a day for eight years straight. And yet now they're framing every shelling as a big deal. It's happened. No, it's been going on constantly. And we'll get to that as well. My point being is that you go back to this and there was a push to this that began out of nowhere. Now, you might find it interesting and very revealing, especially since Russia has called this out in places like Syria and been right um, I would say like 80% of the time. And of course, to be fair, based on what they might argue, you could say that Russia said it was going to happen and then carried it out itself, saying that that's, that's how they covered it by saying they're going to do it. Then they did it, which by the way, if that you do think that, why wouldn't that apply to the US in this case, right? My point being that there's I've never been able to prove that. In fact, we have proven lots to the opposite, right? So it's not like we just have narrative and we're picking a side. We've got narrative and history, and previous actions, and then lots of research. People like Robert Fisk and Del Carlo Del Ponte from the very early examples in Syria, specifically going and saying, look, they did this, right? They, there was the, the rebels that did it, and we know it. They had the weapon, but they just hide from that. 
or, or all the other examples that have been proven to be absolute false flags that didn't happen or did happen and were carried out by people on their side. That's Syria we're talking about. My point is Russia's called that out many times and it's turned out to happen exactly like that. And it's been very clearly pinned back to people tied by the U.S. government. Now, does that mean Russia wouldn't be capable of doing it? Does that mean Russia hasn't done it? Not even close. All it means is that Russia seems to be much better at playing this game. Now, Ukraine rebels, December 22nd, 2021. Ukraine rebels, Russia, claim eminent chemical disaster. Isn't that interesting? Why didn't we hear that part of it? So before this all really kicked off, Russia and the rebels, the separatists, were claiming that, that Ukraine was going to carry this out. And the U.S. urges calm, of course. But here's what it says. This is, again, December 2021. The leader of the separatist forces in Ukraine has echoed a Russian claim that U.S. mercenaries, U.S. mercenaries, are preparing to use chemical weapons in eastern Donbass. Isn't that interesting? As Washington, D.C. accused Moscow of spreading dangerous disinformation, which they do like every Thursday. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't mean they're not doing it. It just means it becomes meaningless when they say it every other chance they get. But so isn't it funny that this started with Russia accusing the U.S. government of about being about to carry out the very thing that about a month later, the U.S. government began endlessly screaming Russia was about to do. Now, that could just mean that Russia started this first and the U.S., you know, that they were the ones lying. But think about how interesting that is, the timing of it all. Now, it says, quote, the armed forces of Ukraine continue their military buildup next to the line of contact. Oh, well, interesting. And by the way, is happening. So what this seems to suggest, and we can look back and I have, this was already happening. Now, you could argue that Russia was lying and that the separatists were lying. But it's already been shown to be happening since this narrative has continued that they were already doing so. They just continue to claim it was because Russia started. But here we have, as far as I can tell, one of the first real examples of this current spur where they were claiming Ukraine was building up. And they were, and we know that. So Ukraine builds up troops along the border and Russia brings troops to meet that and carries out drills after the U.S. does. And all you get from the Western media is troops building on the border of Ukraine, which, by the way, is inside of Russia, and that they're preparing to attack, which is their drills. Now, all of that could be true, but how about we recognize that none of that can be proven? And in fact, it's pretty clear based on what we've seen and we'll go through the timeline is not true. It says Ukraine is persistently demonstrating its reluctance to engage with us in dialogue, even though they frame it the other way around. The analysis of the situation along the line of contact demonstrates that the adversary is getting ready for new provocations, says the separatists. Right. This is, this, is, this is exactly what the U.S. narrative has become after this. Isn't that, it's like they just stole what they were saying about them and threw it back in the Western media and said, this is now happening. Forgot, forgetting to tell you that Russia literally claimed this was happening before, and so did the separatists before this all started. Quote, we call upon the guarantor nations of the Minsk agreements, Minsk agreements and international organizations working to promote reconciliation in Donbass to prevent the use of chemical weapons against civilians. Ukraine is attempting to stage a man-made humanitarian disaster on our soil, which may trigger unpredictable consequences for the entire world. Isn't that weird? So clearly, Russia and Ukraine were the first, excuse me, Russia and the separatists were the first ones to come out and say, something's about to happen. So maybe, just possibly, just think about it for a minute, they came out ahead and said, they're going to do this, and called them out because they were going to do it. And then they tried to get ahead of that narrative by coming out on top of that and hiding this report and saying, they're about to do it. Now, you should be able to consider both of those ideas. I'm not saying one, I mean, I have my opinions, as you can clearly tell. 
But ask yourself why you would consider one and not the other, right? If you have examples of them feigning chemical attacks, using it for foreign policy from both sides, and both of them are pointing at the other, why, and, and all you're going to do is go, well, Russia must be lying because they said they're going to do it. And then when Russia says we're not doing it, and they go, no, they are, and you just take their word for it, why would you take one and not the other? Because that, you know why. You've already decided that the U.S. government is a good guy and on your side, and then Russia lies about everything. Why? Because that's how they frame it. That's not what an honest person does. You should look at both and look at the history and clearly see the history on one side more than the other. And, le- and all I'm saying is that you could prove, which you could even argue that means that Russia's better at getting away with it, but we can prove that they've been caught over and over lying and doing this over and over and over. So you have to at least consider what they said first, by the way, is accurate. Now it goes on to say, quote, tanks with unidentified chemical components have been delivered to the cities of Avadivaga and Krensi Lyman for the completion of the provocations. Now, guess what? This happened in Syria, and they did. They got caught, and it did happen. This is the 2018 discussion. They called all of it, and it happened. And, and they never ended up saying that's because Russia did it. That's not what happened. They, in fact, tried to frame the people on the ground. So it's very interesting that they somehow knew all of this, right? But we just pretend it's not happening. The claim prompted rebuttals by the U.S. State Department, Ned Price, of course. You know, Ned Price, who says it's fact because he said it's fact, who wrote on Twitter, quote, contrary to statements of the Russian defense minister, Russia and its proxies are responsible for escalating tensions, not Ukraine or the United States. Good. So more statement, more narrative by the U.S. government. Now, to be clear, that's also narrative from Russia. But again, one's narrative and the other's narrative. So why do you pick one over the other? Because you are playing a football game and you have a side, apparently. My side is the good guy side, so I'm going to stand with them because, no, they've been lying to you, and you know they've been lying to you, so you should question it just like you question what the Russians say. Prove it. If you think this is happening, Ned, give us evidence. Not you say it so it's evidence, as you got caught stupidly doing, but because you have the intelligence that proves it. Intelligence is not that you heard this from somebody inside that you say is there that we can't prove. Quote, we call on Russia to stop using false inflammatory rhetoric and take meaningful steps to de-escalate tensions to provide a positive atmosphere for discussions. So this is before they claim all this is really kicking off. Understand that. So Russia came out with the separatists and said they're going to do something. Now, again, before we get to where we are today, guess what else happened? The 26th of December, 2021, Russia announces the withdrawal of 10,000 troops after their drills. 10,000 troops, which is not, it's not as many as they're claiming are there, but check, check what this says. This is France 24. Western countries have accused Russia of massing upwards of 100,000 troops. Really? All the way back in December 2021? Like, this is before this was kicking off. We're we're months past this now. So the idea that if they they had 100,000 troops then, there, which they're only arguing it's like 175,000 now, why wouldn't they have been screaming then? Isn't it that why, if the argument is they have these troops by the border and that's the reason we're concerned, why did you not get concerned for another month later? Obviously, because they weren't ready, the narrative wasn't together yet. But then it says, guess what? They're claiming that they've amassed these troops near Ukraine ahead of a possible winter invasion. Right. That's the point, guys, is they're pretending this was going to happen in the winter. And guess what? But just in case you weren't sure, what's winter in Russia? December, January, February. So we're about 10 days away from that not being a reality. The point being is that they were claiming this all the way back then. Now let's get into how dumb this is because of how constantly this has been claimed. Going back to January 2nd, 2022. So just remember, this is what happened first. Russia says they're doing this. They're claiming it. It doesn't mean you can believe it, that you have to believe it. But Russia comes out and says they're planning chemical weapons attacks. 
They're, cre they're creating the context for something to happen. They're going to carry out a, a problem in the separatist area, which by the way, 100% makes sense with the agenda they're trying to achieve. It doesn't for what Russia's trying to achieve. And that's very clear. And it doesn't mean that secretly they don't have an end to try to push in and take, take Ukraine. Sure, certainly possible. But why would that then be the reason they carried this out? Because all this is going to do is push the U.S. further in. That's what I'm saying. Strategically, it makes about as much sense as Assad bombing children for no reason and giving them the excuse to come back in, which we know didn't happen. We know that now. They just don't pretend it's been proven, but it has been. Then they say we're pulling back after this back and forth and that we're, you know, they're screaming they're going to invade back then. So here is to January 2nd, and this is Schiff, you know, because he's really trustworthy, standing up and saying Russia, quote, very likely to invade Ukraine. Oh, and where did that come from? Don't forget. Directly from Ukrainian intelligence, who, by the way, is an open white supremacist government, right? This is important to understand. And if you want to know more about that, check out our previous work on these last few conversations. These are this, and for those that don't know the history here, it's super important to understand what these groups really are. I'll just open these. Let's do these three. This one just simply gets into this is the latest one. How they literally called it a psyop that they pretended people were being evacuated, and then guess what? They got proven that they were being evacuated. <laughs> That's embarrassing, right? They just were calling everything a false flag. It's a false flag. It's a false flag. I don't think they understand what it means anymore. At the end of the day, the kindergarten and all of it has not even remotely been what they claimed it was, and it hasn't even proven who's actually responsible. But hypes, lies, and psyops, how the false flag Ukraine narrative was bungled already, and then going back to the start of this, fake war of Russia with Russia is being used to hide the war on you. Very important to understand this stuff. Oops, that's too far. Where were we? Oh, going way too far. That's right, I got a bunch of this here. So, the point being... The Azov Battalion, which I really just referenced in any one of those articles I just showed you, is openly white supremacist. It's very easy to point out. Mainstream articles and, and mainstream uh, corporate media have been talking about this quietly up until now. A Democratic senator even reached out to Biden and said, these people are terrorists. Now, if you don't remember the history, they are completely immersed throughout the entire government, the entire military. Right, right this moment, there are U.S. troops training civilians in Ukraine, working with these battalions, one, the Georgia liberation something. And then the Azov battalion, which is a huge inner, inner immersed group, both of which have worked alongside these same groups. The, the Georgian, uh, the liberation group was the one that worked with Craig Lang, which is the very person they're trying to extradite from Ukraine under guys that he murdered people, except he's living with his family right now in Ukraine. <laughs> Clearly they want that guy. I went over all this in these past shows. My point is, they're going, they're very likely to invade Ukraine, even though they took the information from an openly white supremacist Nazi organization. This guy did. You know, the same guy pretending he's trying to fight for equality and, and fighting racism and white supremacy because the Republicans are white supremacists while they're openly funding and arming and protecting the same entity. Just like they pretended to fight terrorism while arming and funding the very people in Syria and elsewhere that they claim were the, 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 were the terrorists. If you don't see the, how this is being built, and you don't believe they're capable of this, you're just not listening to what they've done and the proof that we've shown. It's very clear, even from the mainstream media. Now, starting with Schiff on January 2nd, very likely, yeah, back on January 2nd, so that clearly wasn't very likely. Here we are on January 14th. U.S. says Russia sent saboteurs into Ukraine to create pretext for invasion. Right, so December, Russia claims they're about to carry this out. Then 
About a month later, they just pretend that Russia did in reverse the same thing. Lazy narrative. Now, could he have done it? Of course he could. Now, if the U.S. says they did this, wouldn't they have proof? They never need it anymore. They don't even have a, a document or an image or a video or anything. Even They don't even have a representative of Ukraine standing up and saying it's just narrative. The Biden administration said the operatives were trained in the urban warfare and explosives and could try to stage an incident. So even as early as January 14th, they were just broadly suggesting with nothing but narrative and the fact that these people had training in these things that they were going to use explosives to carry out a false flag. There has been nothing but narrative that's been backing this up from day one. Going forward to, well, the same day, fabricating a pretext from ABC News, U.S. accuses Russia of fabricating pretext. Based on what exactly? Nothing. 14th, same thing. This time, NBC says within a month's time, which would be what exactly? Let's see, February 14th. Oop, look, lucky missed that one. Good job, guys. Okay, keeping going forward. Let's go to Daily Mail. War in Ukraine is just days away, January 14th. Guess we missed that time frame. I wonder how many times they'll keep saying this. Next one. Russia could invade Ukraine within days. That's January 15th. Still going, still missing it. After cyber attack, just kind of jamming them all together. After cyber attack and false flag and all together. Now, just, they don't know, maybe they lost point of what this narrative was supposed to be that day. Here's January 18th. White House warns Russian invasion of Ukraine may be imminent. Back on January 18th, right? Because again, it was a month ago. I'm pretty sure they don't know the definition of imminent. Russia and Ukraine could be days away from war. January 19th. Uh, January 25th. U.S. warns Russian attack may be imminent. And let's be clear about this, guys. This was not the same statement being reported on different time frames. This was them coming up every other day and saying this. We saw this. It's been embarrassing. A month ago, it was days away, right? A week ago, it was tomorrow. And they, they, they literally get up, and we'll show you the ones from today, and say, we now know for sure he's about to invade. Biden's convinced he's decided to invade. And they un they they. With, what's the right word for it? I mean, the mainstream media will stand up and report this stuff without any embarrassment. I'm embarrassed for them. January 25th. January 28th. Russia could invade Ukraine in February. U.S. warns. Oh, we got 10 more days. We'll see if they make that mark. Here's the next one. Ukraine says no Russia attack imminent. January 25th. That was that weird middle part where that happened, right? This is one, uh, well, excuse me, that was actually before, so that should have been before. But the point was, Ukraine said, mm, it's not happening. Here's another one. Here's a Guardian. West fears of an imminent attack not shared in Kiev. Now, obviously, we've seen him change his tune, but isn't that strange? Georgian National Legion. Thank you for those in the chat. And then, yeah, right sector. We talked about them as well. I mean, all these groups are, they're, they're not hiding it. And the point is, they're actively building it with them. Now, we're not going get to get into that today, but please watch those other shows and check out. I mean, just, even just go into the links, guys. Just come down here and check out the links. Here's an important one. The shared values of the Azov Battalion. That's what Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said. Protecting them with our shared values. You want to look at their shared values? Check out some of this horrifying reality in these links right here. Right up till today. That they are openly doing what they pretend they're fighting all around the world. It's just incredible. Here we are back to this point. Eminent is, it's not eminent, they say. Jumping over to February 6th, now we're at the beginning of the month. Russia attack on Ukraine possible any day, says the White House. Okay, so any day, tomorrow, week away. I mean, this all these things have meaning. 
How many times can they come out and literally give you a time frame and have it not happen? Even if you want to pretend that they're adapting because Russia sees it, which you must know if you say it, they all report it, then they're going to see it. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But even if you believe that, how long until you got we start realizing, well, we shouldn't just say what they say. It's meaningless, but that's the point. The media, the corporate media knows that's what their job is. They just say what they say they're supposed to say. At some point, you go have to be like, this is embarrassing. February 11th, Russian invasion of Ukraine could happen within a week. Oh, too late. Missed that mark. Missed the same guy that said, well, it could happen during the Olympics start. Oops, missed that one too. February 17th, U.S. says Russia moving toward imminent invasion. So don't you love, don't you love this part? So Russia moving toward invasion. So it was, or toward imminent invasion. So over here, it's imminent. Right now it's imminent. Okay, but over here, days later, now they're moving toward an imminent. So we moved away now, right? So before it was right away, days away, and then we kind of distanced ourselves. Well, it's about to be imminent though. You'll see this happen a couple times throughout this process. Well, we, 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 they're getting ready to attack. Tomorrow, they're going to attack. Now it's so they're getting ready again. Here it is. Biden warns Russia could attack Ukraine within days, February 17th. No, that puts you today. Let's see if they attack within the next couple hours. I don't think it's going to happen. What do you think? U.S. warns of imminent Russian invasion of Ukraine with tanks, jet fighters, cyber attacks, and, you know, whatever else. I heard they're going to have slingshots and they're going to do whatever else. They're going to come in and they're going to start punching people in the face. They have it all planned out. Very specific is my point. It's really stupid to pretend they just know all of this, especially how many times they've continued to say these things and have it not happen. February 18th. Biden says he's convinced. Great. If you're convinced, Biden, doesn't that imply evidence? Well, why don't you show us what you're convinced about? No, top secret, top secret. Can't do that. Well, New York Times says citing U.S. intelligence, right? The stuff that he's convinced about, but we refuse to show anybody. Biden says Putin has already decided, right? So the U.S. intelligence that has convinced wrong up until now, because every one of these other reports have been based on U.S. intelligence that have already been wrong. WMDs based on U.S. intelligence. Babies and incubators were intelligence, but they were overt lies. We now know we're lies. But yeah, now they're saying it. And we're actually arguing that we know intent. We know he's decided. So we, he hasn't done it yet, but we now we know he's made the decision. <laughs> I mean, it's just really, really embarrassing. Here, oh, this was the sun. This was on February 15th where they said, oh, get, Russia's going to invade at 1 a.m. tomorrow. 1 a.m., in fact. So he's decided and he knows the time that didn't happen. Here we are today. Now, by the way, guys, I could have gone literally every day, every outlet, multiple times a day with different narrative. And it was always new claims. There were multiple claims, sometimes different parts of the day where one guy would come out, the next guy would come out later and they say the same eminent days tomorrow. My point is just not to waste all day on this, but look at how stupid that is. Like where's if Jay Wilderness is watching, make a video for this man, send it to me. I'd love to see that to watch how stupid it's been, how they continue to argue. It's tomorrow, the next day, tomorrow. It's just embarrassing. Now, guess what? This is the funny part. Right, We already went through days, days away, tomorrow, a week later. Now this is what it says today. Oh, wait, where did I lose it? Here we are. New intel. Oh, good. So all the intel up until now that wasn't accurate, that was old intel. <laughs> but the new intel, which is just as untrustworthy, in fact, probably doesn't even exist, as the U.S. fears, oh, cool. So it's based on a complete subjective feeling. So our intel is that we're scared of something, <laughs> that Russia is readying for military action. Wait a minute. Isn't that what's already been happening this entire time? Wouldn't they be ready by now? 
No, no, they're readying though. They're readying. What does that mean? It doesn't matter. They're, they're getting ready. We're going to spend this entire article fear-mongering about things we can't prove that they're getting tanks and possibly this and, and cyber attacks and it's all false flags and they might be doing this and might be doing that. Read it for yourself. It's all based on intelligence indicating orders have been sent to commander. This is so bad. You know where this comes from? Ukrainian intelligence. Because they're trustworthy. The white supremacist Ukrainian government. Totally trustworthy. Oh, and by the way, I just wanted to point this out because this is really stupid. Oh, so here's, here's the, I was looking at this on my phone. Here's uh, Paul, CNN politics, right? New Intel ads. Guess what's right above it? Did you know that CNN is now in the broadcasting TV business? Oh, look, a CNN original series. Cool. LBJ. It's politics. Isn't that cool? They're making fake news. Still. Oh, I didn't mean the show. I meant in general. But now they're also making the show, by the way. No, the point is they're making nonfiction. Or fiction, excuse me. They're making fiction. Again, no, I didn't mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My point is that they're making TV shows, guys. This is, this is supposed to be a news outlet and they're making shows? No, what this really shows you is what they've always been. They're a business. They're an entertainment agency. That's what they do. It's just that politics have become entertainment today. I can't even believe they think that's okay to start making paid programming. I mean, they're paid programming anyway. So why not, why not make TV shows? Same difference. And that's going to be just as propagandized as anything else they're giving you. It's probably completely fake. This is a, this is a, a historical political manipulation. Crazy. I've just, that's bad. But here is another point in regard to what they're telling you is about to happen. U.S. State Department tells you because of their U.S. mission, Russia, February 20th, 2022, according to media sources, there have been threats of attacks against shopping centers, railway and metro stations, and other public gathering places in major urban areas, including Moscow, St. Petersburg. So the U.S. government is telling you there's been threats on Russian territories, as well as areas of heightened tension along the Russian border with Ukraine. Ah, okay, so the separatist area, which you're, that Russia claimed you were building some kind of false flag toward, and that they claim you were. Okay, cool. So you're coming out and saying, we're worried about that area and inside Russia. It almost feels like a veiled threat, doesn't it? Well, here's the funny part. According to media sources, the State Department says, oh, which ones exactly? Guess what? Disclosed TV says, citing media sources, though a quick search revealed none. Just check it for yourself. So this is the idea. I bet you they got ahead of themselves and remember how the FBI and now the government works. They will leak what they think is happening to the media agencies, which then report it as this or rather wherever the other ones are, you know, intelligence says, whatever, whatever those are, <laughs> U.S. warns, right? This is the point. They leak this stuff to the, to the military, to, to the, the media. The media then reports it as U.S. intelligence says, and then the U.S. intelligence points to that as reasoning, well, here there's media reports that say this is about to happen, and it's not even based on anything valid. It's this is the Smith Munt Modernization Act in effect. They're allowed to lie to you as long as they claim it's for national security. So every that report you just saw on Russia or or Syria could be absolutely 100% completely fabricated, and they'll claim it's justified because national security. They wrote that into law. Look up the Smith Munt Modernization Act, and then entire shows on it. The point is. If you can't find the media sources, that means that they haven't gotten them up yet and they're the ones that leaked them to it or they didn't even care. They just cite media sources and don't even think you're going to look. This is about setting the, the narrative for what's about to happen or at least the narrative to keep the whole illusion going. But to finish this last segment off, this is where this absurd theater is going. The wag the dog in real life. 
Ukrainian military officials take cover in bomb shelter after shelling at separatist front. This is the stu- this is the absurdity of like arming that claiming that the IDF runs and skins their knee as this as, as these things fizzle out in the field and cause no damage, or rather just Israeli citizens that have a have a anxiety attack because of something that a siren that they put off because nothing was happening. Right? Understand how stupid this is. We're first of all we're talking about military. Military that runs for cover in a shelter and they're the whole article is about how they're being it's horrifying and now they have to deal with this terrible situation. Aren't they military? Isn't that pretty weak? <laughs> okay, that ridiculous thing aside, we are talking about something that happens as I just told you. As most ma- corporate media is telling you, every day for eight years straight. So why is this one different? Because they want you to think it's different. They want to report this as if they're under attack. So they just take something that's been happening many times a day for eight years straight, and they frame one of them as them under attack. And they go, they ran for shelter as the thing that's happened every day for eight years straight happens again, except they leave that part of it out. They're a force to take cover in a bomb shelter. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of, it doesn't, it, I mean, it, for all we know, it did happen. My point is simply that this is not new. This has been ongoing this entire time. And the only people that in this situation that are actually under attack are the places that are trying to leave Ukraine, right? They're the ones trying to get away from Ukraine to declare their independence. Russia's even voting in their part in their in their government to vote for their independence, not to become Russia, but to vote for their right to be themselves. Sort of like they talk about Taiwan or any other place they pretend to agree with, except freedom for these people doesn't matter because we support the white supremacists over here because we're building a narrative there, right? That's the government. But when Ukraine doesn't want that, and they go, no, 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 we, you're us, we own you, and we want you back in this area, and they bomb them. Is that, how does that even remotely look like somebody fighting for sovereignty or freedom? <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, how, in the, how do you even frame it as these separatists are attacking Russia? That's, that's because they try to frame it as Russia using them as a tool to make that happen. My point being, lay out the strategic value to that. I'm willing to listen. Like, I do not think Russia is an honest, I don't think any government's an honest player in this. But the reality is, you have to think logically in what makes sense to their agendas. What makes sense is clearly the U.S. government and, and, and Ukraine are desperate to take back that territory and desperate to frame Russia for causing a conflict in every single thing they do. So when they frame stuff like this, this is just, this is propagandist is the hill serving as a propaganda outlet, which is what they are. Now, finally, guess what? We have Fox News. If you want to see the full paradigm spectrum, guys, it's all the same thing, left and right, nonsensical, right? Well, Fox News, Trey out there escapes artillery fire during the Ukraine battle. It's just kind of ridiculous. Now, watch this. Tell us what's happening right now. Guys, sir. right now, artillery rounds... Guys, right now we are moving back from the front. The Ukrainian unit that we were with started to take incoming artillery rounds from Russian back separatists here in the eastern part of the country. So you can see some of the other journalists and soldiers who are with us on the front lines here. And you can hear that explosion there. Let's, let's move a little quicker. Yeah, right. So this, what you're looking at, which happens multiple times a day, every day for eight years. And oh, it's a big, let's make sure reported. Because you stuck him in there. That's the only reason. Now, on top of this, recognize that he's on the Ukrainian side, right? Not the separatist side. Now, despite the fact that we've seen multiple reports, conflicting reports in regard to where these things are exploding, and every time we have this happen, both times, both the car explosion and the supposed attack, 
guess what? We've had a Reuters and an Associated Press journalist who just so happened to be in the, now I was saying dunks, but I'm, people are correcting me, Donetsk, Donetsk, uh, the Donetsk, like that, <laughs> which is complicated. When I say dunks, I'm just kind of saying it fast. I'll do my best to pronounce it as best properly as possible. The Donbass region is easier. The point being is that why are they there? Right. These are people. I mean, and we. This is the people. These are people that are. I mean, this would be like the equivalent of them. The way they frame that as being embedded with the terrorists in Idlib, which, by the way, they have done, even though they don't tell you that's what's happening. So, are we going to pretend that the Associated Press and Reuters are embedded with the terrorists? That's what they're calling them. But guess what? Mo- both times they've been there. And I even framed this before it happened. I said the fact that they're present in there is concerning to me. Then when you have this thing pop off and they just happen to be there, I'm I'm calling foul. I do not believe, I should put it this way, I 100% believe these people are capable of carrying out or being involved in manipulations for the CIA and others. They've done this throughout history. They've proven that they've used them. They they get them all charged up on ideas of fighting for American freedom or whatever else they do, and they use them against their own agendas. Where was the other thing I was showing? This was, I'll come back in a second. There's a, there's a Guardian article talking about the Associated Press. It's been revealed how they cooperated with the Nazis. Right, so let's not pretend like these people are completely outside the possibility of siding with them again, which is what's happening. The white Ukrainian white supremacists, as well as the fact that your government are absolutely walking through an open totalitarian door right now. But as they run from the things that we don't ultimately see, this is what we should be thinking about as I frame this exact report. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. What I'm saying is, let's remember the history these people have, whether it's CNN or Fox News, of outright fabricating a reality. As I said, why do we still take these people seriously? And if you don't remember this, I've got it here for you. Now, again, well, real quick, this is a CNN broadcast, a real broadcast that actually took place. And at the time, they were 100% pretending they were in Saudi Arabia. Now, what you're seeing is the film of it where you can see the blue screen, right? This has, this is, so somebody's saying Donetsk, Donetsk. Sorry, I just saw that in the corner of my eye. It seems like everybody's got a different opinion, <laughs> which is how this stuff works. Qaddafi, Gaddafi, Gaddafi, it's, everyone's got their own term and they're all right. But nonetheless, I'll do my best to be as accurate as possible. But you're going to see the video that has, this is 100% true. They've even been admitted to, but they pretend like they just, oh, it's, it's, they, they, they changed the context. Like this was not real, but it was, and this is fact. This was them pretending they were in Saudi Arabia while there was an attack. Ask yourself why this wouldn't happen today. Now I'm going to jump as we go through it, but just watch. And as we said, we're not sure what caused this. Um, it could possibly, and we emphasize possibly, have been a ground impact of a scud. It could have been a ground impact of a patriot, or it could have been the result of debris falling between the two of them. We just don't know right now, but we do know the identification. This is a scud. You can tell it by its distinctive label. Now, when the missile is launched, the first thing you look for is the plume sticking out behind it. Now, so when you bad. detect this... You can tell it's been launched. Now, just, just it's a it's a prop, by the way. That's just so you're aware. But let, let's get to the main part of this. And just and trust me, guys, this is not fake. Thank you. Graffiti on it. Yeah, show me graffiti. Right. Larry King show. So, right. So you're not supposed to hear them in the background. Like this is completely scripted and and planned or bust. <laughs> let's get to the main part right here. So here's here's where here's where it gets into where this was this was the real fake broadcast right here, right there. Couple of explosions. What may have been uh, an outgoing Patriot uh, 
ground to air missile, uh, some reported airbursts that may, may have been an intercept of an incoming Scud missile. We're really not sure. All we know is that the uh, air raid sirens have gone off and we've heard the uh, outgoing roar of at least uh, one Patriot missile. We've heard some sort of airburst. We can't tell where it was from where we are right now. Uh, we're waiting to see what's happening. As you can hear, the air raid sirens are still going off around us. Uh, outgoing again. There, we cannot be specific about the direction. All right, we are now led to understand that there are also firings in another city in Saudi Arabia. Uh, CNN's Carl Rochelle is, is here with me. He just came up. Uh, Carl, I know we can't be very specific given these restrictions, but uh, within those parameters, what did you see? Well, what I saw, I didn't see anything hit. I looked very almost straight above us, and there's a vapor trail coming from my right to my left. And there's a cloud of uh, something. It looks like it might have been an explosion of cloud. Uh, oh, I'd say it would be. God, this is so embarrassing. There. I mean, they're in, they're in full-on make-believe, right? Acting like, oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a missile, and they put their dumb helmets on, and they're, I mean, they they absolutely faked this reality because they were trying to sell a narrative, guys. Remember, this was the, during the whole thing with, this is Desert Storm and all that. This is, they were lying to you, just like they do every other time. Like, fake protests are people where you can see all of a sudden they get a background shot and there was nobody around them and they made it look like a big protest or they, they fake reality. That is their job. He's uh, putting on a gas mask. There hasn't been any gas dropped here. We can tell. Uh, <laughs> He's saying, do you smell anything? <laughs> you, probably, you may smell some of the fumes from uh, a, uh, a missile exhaust going off. This was using a rocket of cordite, some sort of burning... Uh, down a uh, Scud missile inbound or taking down an aircraft for that matter. But right now, where we are, we have absolutely seen nothing happen. A little boom one time, a small... In uh, Charles J. Coe, Carl Rochelle. Gentlemen. Yes, yes. Excuse me for breaking in. Uh, Charles J. Coe, Carl Rochelle. Yep. Real's real gets, right? At least in regard to how mainstream media thinks things are real. Think about how incredible that is. If you haven't seen that before, I think that's important for people to remember. Right. They could be making this up entirely. And I actually think that's a good part. I, I'm genuinely asking whether that's what this is right now. And remember, to the point in the beginning, I'm not completely convinced this isn't Russia involved. Right. I mean, we have to watch how this is all playing out with Great Reset and, and, and young global leaders and where and what this is being used to do right now. This could be a literal wag the dog situation, an entire war to get you to look away from what they're building right now. And how we know and caught them doing it and pushed back the narrative, right? That's a desperate situation for them. Five years ago, 2016, revealed how the Associated Press Corp cooperated with the Nazis, right? This is probably the Guardian hiding their complicity as well behind a story pointing at somebody else, right? But it says, German historian shows how the news agency retained access in 1930s by promising not to undermine the strength of Hitler's regime. Let's not, I mean, this has to be compared to today. Now, last point, just to give you some, back, you know, the other side of this argument, here are the Russian-backed separatists who are telling you Ukraine is about to attack them. This is today. 
Now, again, I'm not, you, you can decide what you want. You're a, you're a free human being, hopefully with discernment. But based on everything we have in front of us, hopefully you're not just blindly taking one side or the other because good guy, bad guy, and all and whatever else. Based on everything else we have, I mean, if you want, if they, as always, my opinion is that there is either a complete site of fabricated entire situation, usually using people like the separatists, like the Kurds in different situations, but they don't, they don't know they're being used to some degree, and both Russia and the U.S. are playing this. Or if I really had to take a pick, I would be that the U.S. government is making this happen because of what they're trying to cover up in regard to whatever their agenda is. Now, that could be my bias about how I understand and know more about the U.S. history. But my point is I'm willing to look at both sides, and you should be able to, willing to as well. Watch. Every other past few months. Here, let me turn it down. Every day over the past few months, we have recorded an amassing of troops by Ukrainian side as well as of lethal weapons. In- Oops. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. I'm trying to turn the volume down. There you go. Just keep it off. Including Slavo missile systems, Smirch and Urgan missiles, Javelin stingers across the entire line of. De- uh, and by the way, all those are violations of the Minsk agreements, which they, they, they've been calling out from the beginning. Nobody does anything about. Their weapons are targeted at civilians, at us, and our children. Now, again, you could argue they're lying. But why is one dismissed without due diligence, and why is one taken without taken at face value without due diligence? That shows you there's something weird going on here. The military units of the enemy are on standby and are effectively ready to take the Donbass by force. Ukrainian President Zelensky will, will in the coming days, give the order for the army to begin their offensive. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. Now, there's a couple ways you could look at this, right? Now, one side of this, you could argue that this is the Donbass separatists coming out and trying to get ahead of what they're about to accomplish, right? Oh, they've been caught for, the U.S. called them out, and they're about to do this chemical attack on Ukraine and frame it false flag with Russia. And so they came out ahead and said, they're about to do it. So when they carry it out, they can say, no, we told you they were going to do it. But historically speaking, that that makes much more sense to be in the reverse. And basically, we've proven. But regardless, can you not stand back and flip the situation and say, okay, just like they claim they're doing right now, that will be their argument. Couldn't it be the other way around? Couldn't it be the U.S. government and the Ukraine government when you can clearly see the strategic political benefit in everything that's happening is aggressively slanting in their direction that they wouldn't come out and say... Again, after going showing you this again, going back to what you they said before, knowing that they got called out already, but it didn't get a lot of lot of push in the media, going, well, shoot, let's call them for it because they called us out and now you get ahead of it. Right? So now when you carry out an attack in this area, you can say, We told you they were gonna do it, and they're gonna do it as a false flag. So I know it looks like we did it. Right? All I'm saying is why can't we consider both angles? Both of those are just as likely. And then when you stand back and understand the history, you begin to realize that it makes more sense. And then strategically, it obviously makes more sense for the people on the side of the Ukraine and the United States government for trying to do what they're doing right now. It doesn't mean that's the fact. It just means that we have to be logical. Now, I really hope you'll take the time to go through all these other articles about Ukraine and the history of the Azov Battalion and the openly white supremacist government that your the U.S. and U.K. governments and everybody else are pretending to fight in your countries while supporting the very same thing on the world outside of that. Again, my mindset is this is the new Syria. They're building up their new threat. 
just like they built up the terrorist threat that they then used to claim the war on terror is the same thing we're seeing here. And look, whether you think that's what's happening, I've already proven in these past shows, they are funding, arming, supporting, and allowing people to come from Germany, from Pakistan, from the United States, all over the world. Even as people of the government in the Democratic Senator that said, Biden, these people are dangerous, and they just don't comment. When Newsweek reached out for comment and said, why don't you care about the white supremacists in Ukraine? They said, because we support Ukraine sovereignty. That was their answer. That's on record. But apparently they don't, they don't re- respect your sovereignty when they claim you're a white supremacist, right? So Canada respects Ukraine's sovereignty, and that's why they don't care about those white supremacists. But you, who they claim are white supremacists fighting for freedom, they don't respect your sovereignty. No, the reality is they don't respect any of it. It's all a means to an end. It's all narrative. Now, I've got, I'm going to finish with this one last discussion in regard to the self-spreadings. And I, like I said, I'm going to kick some of that off till the next show we do. And again, that's going to be the Bob Saget conversation, a couple of other things, but we can get to that when we do. I mean, the reality is, as you guys have probably already seen, that he has an enlarged heart and all this different stuff. And there's plenty of other examples of other people having the same situation where they have a collapsed situation, fall back, and that could have been how he hit his head and so on. We'll get to that. But to finish this off, we want to talk about Omicron, self-spreading vaccines, and what the possibility is that what we're seeing today could be something like that. That was always the reason they hate this show so much, is that I don't, I don't come out hot over the top and saying, these are self-spreading vaccines, we know, because I'm, I'm objective. As much as I have a very, very strong feeling about what we're looking at, whether by accident or not, the idea that you're not allowed to discuss objectively even crazy things is the the alarming situation in which we find ourselves. That they get to decide for themselves what is too far and then say, you can't talk about that anymore. Except to call it crazy. You see, I can do a a 10-hour show about how all the people talking about these things are dumb and crazy. But I can't come out and do a show entertaining the possibility that it could be real, even from a fun standpoint. Nope, can't do that. That's fake news. Even as those things end up being shown to be real a month later, a year later, however, doesn't matter. You've all seen this. The point in this discussion here is that we know for a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, that they are working on and have been studying the idea of human-to-human self-spreading vaccines. I'll prove it to you in a moment. In fact, just in case you're watching and you're just about to jump away, make sure you look at this and realize that Johns Hopkins has been studying and discussing self-spreading human vaccines for a while, and that this is the future they're telling you is coming right now, right now. So, This is starting with a conversation or a a statement that was made by Bill Gates. Now, I've already had the interesting conversations about self-amplifying injections, and I'll talk about that in a second, and self-spreading, and what that means, and what that could do, and what it would be the consequences of it, and whether or not what they're dealing with now has inadvertently or intentionally done that. Just because Bill Gates says it is just the impetus for the conversation, but I get it's the way he says it and what he points to that I think is really relevant. So let's watch that first, and then we'll talk about what he says, and then we'll go into the history here. And get a bit of a scene center. To, to kick off, actually, and get... Munich Security Conference 2022. Now ask yourself why in the world this non-doctor, non-scientist is even present. Oh, he's rich, that's why, because he's rich. A bit of a scene center from Mr. Gates, because this is... I know a topic that you've spoken on again and again. You were ahead of the curve prior to the beginning of this pandemic. Where would you assess where we are today in beating COVID-19? Well, the uh, 
you know, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. Now, to be very clear, he did not say it's like a type of vaccine. Just so we're clear, he said it is a type of vaccine. That's a very, that's very definitive language, is it not? Now, what's interesting to me is that this is exactly what a lot of people, like even in the Great Barrington Declaration camp, were saying before this, just as valid before and during it. And right when Omicron came out, there was a lot of people that came out and said, great, this is going to be the end of it. And these people shut them down. Fake news. You're dangerous. Medical misinformation. That's vaccine hesitancy. And they all got censored. And just like every, literally every other part of this false narrative, it later became true. And I mean, damn near literally every part of it. But the point is that that's a very interesting crossover to what might either accidentally be happening or what is being built. Like, even if Gates doesn't even know that, is it not possible that this was an accidentally released as they tested it? If self-spreading, it could easily get released. Or how about something that they decided to do without you knowing about it? Because it was they decided in your best interest. As we can see from 2018 is what they already decided. That if it was going to happen, that it ought to be covert rather than overt. You've seen this. We'll come back to it in a second. I don't know why those things are off the table, seeing as how they've already done this in the past, such as Operation Sea Spray, where they tested a biological agent over San Francisco to see if it was dangerous, and then people died. You didn't know about that. They didn't tell you they were doing that. They didn't even admit that until decades later. Right? So the point being, why wouldn't we ask if this is possible, especially if they've decided it's for your best interest? That's how they're selling it to you now. Well, it already acts like its own vaccine. And, it already, and look, it's already creating immunity. We're almost already there. Look at that. What a lucky coincidence. Now, again, I'm not saying that I think 100% that's what we're dealing with, but we have to recognize what an interesting possibility and valid possibility that is. But because the mainstream has said, oh, fake news, this is conspiracy theory and boxed it in, you're not allowed to look at or talk about it. That's what children do. That's crazy. Even though that has happened hundreds of times during this three, two-year-plus period, and those same exact boxing things were later let out, and okay, well, now you can talk about it. Okay, cloth masks don't work. Oh, yeah, with and from. You know, oh, yeah, oh, you're wrong. But you're still fake news, even though we just admitted you were, you know, it's crazy town. On top of that, the idea that Omicron creates B and T cell immunity, I haven't seen that. That's abs- I don't even think that's true. Somebody want to send me peer-reviewed science that says that? I'll talk about it. As far, as far as my research shows, this is still, or let's be clear, I'm talking about the injection versus this. I'm, I'm getting all mixed up here. So let me take a step back. Omicron, as an, oh, and if they believe that's a thing that's out there, what he's claiming is causes B and T cell immunity. Now, why that's valid or interestingly irrelevant, as I mean, is because what he's talking about is natural immunity. But that's not what you're supposed to do. He, it's okay now to kind of conflate it because he's talking about, oh, it's va- vaccines. And we know vaccines do that. That's not true. All the injections you're giving out there still tie back to the original isolate, if that's even what it was, which do not have any relevance to what's going on right now. And have never, as far as I can tell, provenly made B and T cell immunity. That's why you're aggressively rushing to make an Omicron injection and racing to make a, a nasal spray version because you don't have mucosal immunity. It's not doing any of that. And we know that. We can watch it hurting people right now. But is a type of vaccine. And it's done a better job of getting out to the world population than we have with vaccines. And it's done a better job of 
getting out to the world population uh, than we have with vaccines. If you do uh, sero surveys in African countries, you get well over 80% of people uh, have been exposed either to the vaccine or uh, to various variants. And Right. And what that means is that these people have whatever you're dealing with in regard to immunity because of the real world situation. That's, I mean, that's verifiable based on the scientific peer-reviewed and otherwise research that we have in front of us from day one. Not only does this thing, as even Dr. Bauer and plenty of others said, have lower antibodies than people with nothing in their body, which, by the way, if you take 10 seconds to think about it, means it's removing them. It's a no-brainer. And we have the news report that says the same thing, the Red Cross conversation where they've all scrapped that from the internet, but it was all the same conversation. So your immunity, if you add this, is because of your real-world situation. And now if they're talking about the Omicron, they're basically admitting that that's the reality and they're just leaning into this because it works for them or because this is something that was put out there. Now, if you think it's put out there, it's in a way arguing that you think that they're trying to, I mean, I'm not going to get into the subjective because it's hard to, if you argue this was something that they deliberately put out there, it kind of counters the other arguments about what we see happening unless the negative situation was all just clumsy malfeasance. And all they really wanted to hurt were the people that didn't take it, and it kind of backfired on them. Like, I can get I, that makes sense to me. Regardless, I want you guys to think about this and come to your own conclusions. Here he is saying Omicron is a type of vaccine. Well, I think, let me, I think there's one more point in this thing. And so, you know, what that does is it means the chance of severe disease, which is mainly associated with being elderly and uh, having obesity or diabetes. Those, yeah, mostly like 96% of people who don't aren't at risk. Like they basically ha- quietly admitting that this thing was never dangerous for any of you. Risks are now dramatically reduced. They're reduced before this with Delta. We already talked about it, but they love pointing just to Omicron because of that uh, infection exposure. And yeah, called natural immunity. But, but let's pretend like that's only just now happening. You know, it's sad. We didn't do a great job on therapeutics. You know, only here two years in. Do we have a, a good therapeutic? Uh, yeah, that's because they're aggressively hiding the Nobel winning prize. Like, you know, here, I mean, just just in case. I don't want to even get into it. Make sure that people have this if they want to read it, because this is the most embarrassing topic of all time. When you have this study of a multifaceted drug of Nobel Prize honor distinction that discusses 20 different random controlled trials that all find the same thing, that all discuss 70, like, you know, the exact opposite of what he's talking about. Read that study if you don't believe me. 20 random controlled trials. But yeah, apparently Mr. Gates, non-scientist doctor, tells you that nothing else works beside the thing that hurts everybody, right? Uh, vaccines, it took us two years to be in oversupply today. No, it didn't. It didn't take you two years. I mean, that's a blatant lie. I mean, I, can, I, I missed that one before. He's, this, is, they, this is when you know they're being dishonest. He knows he just lied. It did not take two years. Two years is where we are almost right now. Are we going to pretend like the vaccine took two years? No, it took months. It took a matter of weeks to get the injection ready and it took months to get it out. That's dangerous. There are more vaccines than there's demand for vaccines. Uh, exactly. And, you know, that wasn't true. And next time we should- Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and end it right. That's because people don't trust it. And not because you have done a great job at making these dangerous things. But Omicron is a vaccine, he says. Of course, you know, you're going to argue in the mainstream, he means, you know, it's just, it's like one. Well, he didn't say that, but that's what they're going to say he meant, okay? I was told to talk of Omicron threat, says the discoverer of Omicron. Don't forget that. 
So why would that be? Now, we do know they've been told to top up, talk up every threat and risk because it works for them. But it's interesting that this popped up out of nowhere. A very strange beginning we already talked about many times where Botswana's government told you very clearly the virus was detected on four foreign nationals who no one has been able to identify who had entered Botswana on the 7th of November on a diplomatic mission. A diplomatic mission. Didn't mean to do that. There we go. Okay, so don't forget that means they have diplomatic immunity. So who were these four foreign nationals? And why did the story then aggressively focus on only South Africa where it went next? And they still pretend that it began in South Africa. It didn't, and they know that. So what are they hiding in Botswana? Who were the foreign nationals? And what did they bring with them? And why did it start with them? Maybe because this was the self-spreading vaccine. Just a thought, right? Maybe that was the whole point. Maybe this was the bioweapon of the immune system bioweapon that we're seeing play out. All right, that's an, also an important conversation that we need to remember. DARPA's immune system-focused agenda, bioweapon, that's on the record. That We're watching people completely overwhelmed with immunocompromised situations. Could it not be that? Yes, it could. And we need to be able to be honest with ourselves and ask these questions. So she was told to talk this up, even though it didn't seem to be dangerous. Why? Why are we hiding the true origin? Valid questions, are they not? They're not being discussed. Now, we already talked about this. This is just a, I'm not familiar with this website, but they, they do have, there's a bunch of links and good information here that you can vet for yourself. And I'm going to show you these videos. And the point is there's a panel discussion at the UN that's entitled going viral, deliberately releasing GM viruses in the environment. Now, had I just showed this website and this graphic, not to, not to disparage the website, they've got some great information here. My point being that people that are told to dismiss things will do so. This would be, well, that dumb website, why do I know to trust them? So you're admitting that you don't know if it's true, but because you don't like the way it looks, you're willing to kick it away without even looking into it? Yes, exactly. Because that's how you were trained. And I do mean trained. So if you are looking at this and going, that looks like a fake news website, you're trained that way. Good boy. Okay, the point is, this is valid information if you cared to look at it. Now here, first of all, is interestingly the website that's down. Isn't that funny? Go Ongoing maintenance. Well, that's strange. Well, if you look at literally any other website page on United Nations, except for that other page we often look at that also says under maintenance, has been under maintenance for two years now, just that one page though, that's not what's actually happening. They say the site is under unavailable due to maintenance. No, it's not. You can look at the website everywhere else. In fact, let's just do that real quick. Here is the UN website right now. Same site. Well, that's strange. Well, just just for the record, I hate how this happens to me sometimes. We looked at the, we looked at it earlier, and I was looking, the point is I just did that. I'll do it again just to make sure I'm not wrong now. And it wasn't doing that earlier. Maybe the entire site is now suddenly under maintenance. I don't know. That seems a little bit strange to me. Anyway, let's keep going forward because here's the actual site. Let me check something out. United Nations. Oh, come on. Why is this taking so long? Not lagging. Okay, I'm going to skip past it because I don't want to... This is already going to get long. It just seems to be loading. What in the world? That's just a search for UN. That's not even the UN page. It's just a search for it. Okay, whatever. I don't, I don't, I'm not reading too much. I don't think there's anything to that. It may be just under... Anyway, the point was that other page we looked at this happened, the same idea, and I, we looked and the website was completely open. I guess it's now down regardless. 
here's what the page is. We already showed you this, by the way. This is not new to you guys. This is a 2019 meeting of the experts. This is under the UN page in Geneva, Sustainable Development Goals. You can see that it's un.ogch, which is different. Maybe that's why. Anyway, and this, but that's just, this is the UN page. It's where it takes you. If you go to this page, it'll redirect you back to this UN page, just so we're clear on that. Here's what it says. Under this time frame, this part talking point, it says going viral, deliberately releasing GM viruses in the environment. The animation, which we'll play for you next, King's College London. These are all the people that were speaking. Guy Reeves, biologist, the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Biology in Germany. This person is from the Air Power Studies in India. This one is London School of Hygiene. This guy is the University of uh, Stuttgart, Germany, Georgetown University, Massachusetts, University of uh, Massachusetts. So it's not, you know, this is this is a legitimate meeting of people that were discussing this very topic. Now, ask yourself, if you came out and said, they're having conversations about deliberately releasing GM viruses in the environment, you get Twitter would call you fake news. I mean, it's, it's crazy that's happening, right? Even though this stuff is valid in real time. Here's the one I showed you before. This is on the Geneva di- 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 uh, disarmament platform. And you can literally see the conversation right here. Even though that it's, it's seemingly been unlinked, there's no link anymore, which I find interesting, but deliberately releasing viruses into the environment. Right. Okay, now before we go forward, let's watch some of these videos. You saw this under uh, insect allies. We talked about that. And that's an important conversation to remember. Because insect allies, I think, is the adaptation of the immune fo- virus or immune system focused bioweapon. All the links to that conversation are right here. Right? We get into the insect allies discussion, right, right there. And we get into both our discussion and independent. I might as well just bring up one so you can see it. So you guys know this is a real conversation for those that are maybe tuning in new. U.S. military plans to spread viruses using insects that could create new class of biological weapons, scientists warn. Right? This, in my opinion, was what they adapted that weapon to. Right? But then once COVID started, it got revamped right back into COVID-19. We'll come back to it. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So here are the videos. Let's watch it. Here are the short videos. The Insect Allies Program, Genetically Modified Viruses in Agriculture. This is September 20th, 2019. During World War I, hundreds of thousands of people were killed or maimed by chemical weapons. 97% of the world to follow other pursuits. Chemical warfare was a frightening new idea, even at its inception. But not all ideas appear sinister at first glance. Wartime technologies are often extensions of peaceful technology that already exists. This is an example of what is commonly called dual use. When new technologies are developed, we consider the many ways we intend to use them. But it is more important to consider the ways that others might use them or even misuse them. Over the last 30 years, Genetically modified viruses have successfully been used within contained laboratories. Soon, they could be used as a common therapy to treat cancer and a wide range of diseases. Sound familiar? Genetically modified viruses are normal viruses that have had extra DNA added to them. This allows them to do things they could not have done before. Until today... Scientists have not intentionally released genetically modified viruses into the environment. Until today. 
So the point being in 2019, that stopped being the case, right? So ask yourself whether releasing those into the environment has since changed the environment, right? I mean, that's a valid question. And we're watching things go rapidly out of control right now. And maybe they're desperately trying to dig themselves out of this hole, right? That's, I mean, we shouldn't always give them so much credit. They could just be that incompetent and not really concerned with whether they might've hurt you in the process, barring several tightly controlled exceptions. The problem with any deliberate release is that in many cases, it is difficult to control where the viruses will end up. Exactly. We know of thousands of natural plant viruses, but none are known that can edit a plant's chromosomes. However, man-made viruses can be created to edit chromosomes across species. A new program called Insect Allies aims to use this kind of gene editing technology to help farmers and communities protect their crops. Until now, this technology has only been used indoors, but the military agency funding this program is interested in releasing it outside. While their idea is not new, it has never been done before. Now, I, I'm going to go ahead and skip the rest of this because we've already, I showed this in a previous show. The simple idea is how that works and how you can see that they get into this idea about how this can spread, right? The idea, the concern, this could be used in a negative way against people and not just plants. And, you know, sort of like they could maybe release negative, bad ones for an enemy that destroys their crops. But no, 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 we, we would never do that. They argue in this, you know, this is what they, the scientists came out on top of this and said, You're, that's not true. There's no way, this is a bioweapon. We, we've talked about this many times. The government just lied. Obvious, this is called dual purpose. It can be used as a weapon, just as likely it can be used as a positive. But historically speaking, the positive almost never comes into play. The military takes advantage and it becomes a weapon, which is what they always seem to do. So going to the next discussion, here was the next part of this. Uh, this is August 11, 2020. Note the interesting timing of where we are in the world in August 11, 2020. We're deep into this conversation now in 2020, August. We're already talking about vaccine development and all this stuff, right? That's right where we are. Meanwhile, they're literally having conversations about what? Releasing genetically modified viruses into the environment. And for what end? Well, let's take a look. This is the Euroscience Open Forum. Since the outbreak of COVID-19... The word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. Yeah, at that point, that's not even true. They've been used already. We've just talked about the gates and the mosquitoes. These GM mosquito concepts have already been used multiple times. So it's already in the world. Too late. No coming back from that. Right? So here we are, as they're openly discussing this as a considered and proposed topic. Yet, if you came out at this time and talked about it, you were laughed out of Twitter, you fake news conspiracy theorists. But here we are, as they're discussing openly that they had already proposed it. You don't see how ridiculous this is. So if they already came out and proposed it, proposed it from whom and to who? Or from who and to whom? 
right? I mean, ask that question. It was proposed as a solution to COVID-19. Now, the question is, did they then take it up on that? Did they then decide to go forward and decide that they, well, if we were going to do it, then we should do it secretly because we don't want them to say no. And it is in their best interest, right? Just as they decided right here on 2018, that if we're going to do it at some point, we should do it quietly because they are too dumb to know what's good for them. That's literally what this argues. I don't know why we can pretend that's not a valid question. This is, I think, literally either being developed or has already been released. That's my opinion. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? And ask yourself in general to the other angle of this, whether that's just what happened by accident, right? We already discussed the idea that self-amplifying, which is the, which I think is what these are. I mean, we already pointed to numerous documentation, numerous documents from Pfizer who, that list Pfizer's injection as self-amplifying. That's not supposed to be what these are. That's supposed to be the next step. And I'll get, I'll show you that in a minute. All that really means is what is happening now, that it continues to produce these spike proteins. That's not how they claim this works. They said just one, and they've all been proven wrong about that. And you know, all the fake news conspiracy theorists that yet again, in a thousandth time are shown to be right. So are these just self-amplifying? So the point is then, does that then become self-spreading when it turns out the spike protein itself just so happens to be the protein they made to be self-amplified, turns out to be cytotoxic that can then spread and be caught and continue forward? Well, that might be a little different than a self-spreading vaccine if the, in, the spike protein is not creating the same thing that they're vaccinating for, right? Because I don't think that's what it is. Is it COVID-19? I don't, no one's even answered that question. Is there even a COVID-19, right? Those are all questions we have to consider on what's really happening. But what we need to acknowledge as they try to scream you away from this, because you're crazy for looking at it, is that it's real, that it's happening, that they're working on it right now and using what you're dealing with to rationalize why it should be used while simultaneously shouting down anybody that talks about how it's being made. Totally not a conspiracy theory, obviously, when it's being built in front of you. Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum to explore these questions using recent real-world examples. Right. And they did, and they clearly went forward. Right? This was 2020. So here is September 2020. Goes a little bit further. Oh, actually, I forgot that. I, you know what? That's right. I just wanted to include this for you guys. To watch. This is an hour and 30 minutes. This is the entire thing. So it's worth your time to watch this and have them discuss it. But regardless... This is very clearly what happened, and their discussion was done. They had this discussion. Oh, I, you know, I forgot I wanted to check something really quickly. Somebody's telling me that the Super U page is not working. It's too bad. Looks like it's working for me. Okay, good. Okay, good. Too bad it's not working for some people in some places. Sorry about that, guys. I know they're working on it every day. So <clears throat> here is the next part of this. And remember, this was the logical conclusion to the self-spreading vaccine technology that had been worked on long before this, or specifically the immune system-focused weapon that kind of ended. It's the same logical idea that it's going it's to, a, it's a virus that spreads. That It's the same idea. Remember, we talked about this in regard to the Jackson et al. study. That just they seemed to find that whatever they were manipulating was gain of function research with mice, that it simultaneously lowered the immune system and increased the virulence of what they were dealing with. That's an immune system bioweapon, right? So the point is, is that not then the thing that spreads? 
Is that not the thing in and of itself that becomes this? I mean, we can see how this all works and it was applied to the insect allies program. But my point is that led to now or rather the beginning of COVID. And that I believe was turned into this. Here is the beginning of COVID-19, how a secretive Pentagon agency seeded the ground for a rapid coronavirus cure. Okay, well, my point is they're clearly telling you this all, all, and that's what they're talking about, guys. They're talking about this background. They're talking about the insect allies program. They're talking about the self-spreading vaccine argument and discussion and how this can be used right there. And then telling you in the beginning of COVID, because you didn't know all this other background before we did it on the show, that that whole secret thing we're not going to get into was just turned into a coronavirus cure. So that doesn't that then literally point to the possibility of self-spread? Yes. At the very least, that they use that same agency and technology, the DARPA's immune system focused spreading manipulation to turn into coronavirus. Now, does that mean they used all that same technology? No, maybe they just used the part that whatever. But we could ask that, yes, and it wouldn't be conspiracy theory to say, hmm, did they take the thing that's obviously self-spreading and roll that into coronavirus? Certainly a valid question if we can prove that that's what they were making. Unlike traditional vaccine, control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine. A virally tr- transmitted vaccine. So it's, it's right there, it's on its face. We know that. But yet we're not allowed to ask if that's what's happening. It's quite interesting. If you want the deeper dive on the immune system focused bioweapon, which I really hope you do, it's important, check this show out. But going forward, here in 2016, before COVID-19 is the discussion of self-disseminating vaccines for emerging infectious diseases. Now, before this, of course, they talk about the idea of zoonotic, right? It's, it's, it's specifically, and this is how we are honest about this conversation, whether or not this was quietly and secretly being used for human-to-human testing, the argument was animal-to-animal. We're making these to spread amongst the wolf or bat or pangolin population so that they can then inoculate themselves by being around themselves. Therefore, we then stop zoonotic transfer. I don't know why that's an ex- ex- con- a, the conclusion, because it clearly seems like these injections are causing things to flip out and mutate, which causes more problem, but whatever. <laughs> the point is that this is about the reality of self-disseminating vaccines that were there, but yes, focused on animals. But even back then, the theorizing about how one day it could be used for humans. Okay. So just realize this technology is not fake news in any context. Going forward to 2020 during this COVID-19 discussion, again, bringing this up and the self disseminating vaccines to suppress the zoonosis, the idea of where it came from, as we were lied to about where it came from. And even in this, it, it theorizes about that future. But up until this point, it was animals, animals, right? Well, oh, I, I think that's the, oh, I meant to do that the other way around. It doesn't matter. So this is 2017, vaccines of the future. So uh, this, uh, this was my point, that they're back here talking about only animals, but in the midst of that, they were already floating the, the, the lofty futuristic idea about how this could be your future. In 2017, vaccines of the future could be as contagious as viruses, right? That's what this video is talking about. The vaccines we have today are pretty incredible. They say, okay, that's not propaganda at all. They're, they've eradicated the things which are, I mean, it's so, so funny, but these transmissible vaccines will likely first be used in animals that carry diseases that can infect people. Some may we have a weakened virus, which other treatments may aim at people who are already infected and will prey on the virus dwelling in their cells. They're literally, and look at this, guys, but they could tamp down the spread of HIV and other contagious diseases. Weird that they pick up HIV out of a whole host of things that aren't spreading 
Like, really? You pick up HIV? Is that the one spreading rampantly? Not really. Like, at least not in the context of how you would use this. It's not spreading like a viral transmission. Is that strange? Well, it shouldn't be strange when you understand how we've already seen HIV as part of this agenda, very clearly. Now, here is the main point for those that think this is all fake news. This is Johns Hopkins' website. Center for Health Security Report highlights 15 emerging technologies with the potential to reduce global catastrophic biological risks. This is before COVID-19, 2018. So don't miss the timing there. 2008-20, nature's talking about these for animals specifically, right? 2016, same thing. Here they are in 2018, before that endpoint where they're openly discussing this for humans. Yes, they frame it as the lofty future two, three years later, right? They, they want this to sound like some flying car future kind of a thing, right? This is medical countermeasure distribution, dispensing, and administrations. Of course, they include the microarray patches, which were also called fake news until we showed you, and then they came out later. Self-spreading vaccines. Self-spreading vaccines. Ingestible bacteria for vaccination is also really alarming. Self-amplifying mRNA. By the way, that was the first thing they discovered and yet decided to go the other direction, yet now frame that as the next futuristic step? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense at all. In fact, it seems like they're playing you on how they want to present this to you. And I think that's literally actually what we're dealing with right now, if not exactly the other thing. But here's Johns Hopkins telling you that's what's happening. Here is their actual document, in case you think that didn't mean humans, where they say self-spreading human vaccines. They also talk about over here, self-spreading animal vaccines, right? But they say it. Right there, self-spreading human vaccines and, and, and SAM vaccines, which are the self-amplifying. Now you can see this is the Johns Hopkins document right here. Technologies to address. So what's crazy to me is right this moment, the mainstream corporate news and the Twitter sphere would frame self-spreading anything as laugh out loud dismissed conspiracy theory. I don't know why that doesn't wake people up when you can prove to them what they've been dismissing is real, right? But they just, they like their side. They've chosen their side. It's my football team and I want to win. Here is the Guardian in 2018. 2018, mind you, when when the same thing, because this is based on the Johns Hopkins document, literally saying from self-spreading vaccines to 3D drugs. And what do they say? How do they frame it? Not flying car future. They say, quote, the tech that will stop the pandemic or a pandemic. Okay. And then suddenly, what do you know? A pandemic. And then is that what they use to stop it? They seem to frame it as exactly that before it started. What are we missing here? 2020, we now have the technology to develop vaccines that spread themselves. Well, what's interesting is they had that five years ago. So why suddenly would it be reported to you now. Look what we knew now have. This is as dumb as saying, look at this football-sized chip that we're going to implant. It's cutting technology. No, it's not. Maybe if you watch Jimmy's show, look at this new thing they're going to implant. Nope. Sorry, guys. That's the propaganda. They have smart dust level size that they've had for 12 years now. God knows the size they have now. That's the level they have. When they show you this big old dime-sized chip that they pretend is the newest technology, they're trying to trick you. This is reality being shoved into your face as if it's brand new, even though they've been working on it for a decade. 
Now, here's where it comes into, this is September 2020, coronavirus cure. So you see they're already framing this in the context of COVID-19 and as as a possible cure. So are we really going to pretend like this wouldn't be something they decided to do for your best interest? Scientists plan bizarre self-spreading vaccine to fight pandemic. They plan this. Now, yes, you could point to the documents we're discussing as if that's a future lofty plan, but why and why would they then frame it as the cure for coronavirus? Something's obviously fishy here. Back, this is September again, 2020, a couple a little forward. Again, COVID-19 cure, a little more specific. Now they're saying well, scientists plan to develop self-spreading coronavirus vaccine. Well, look at that. Wait a minute. I thought that was a lofty future. Now they're literally saying we're making one for coronavirus. I guess we missed that part, huh? That's what they're talking about. Express reports researchers have proposed developing a kind of vaccine that could be transmitted from person to person. That's the, that's the report right here. And they're citing experts and scientists that are saying we're making one for the coronavirus vaccine. I guess the mainstream corporate Twitter fact checkers just missed that in their due diligence, right? But what's funny is right about here is where this conversation just drops off the face of the earth. Maybe because it happened. Maybe because they weren't ready. Who knows, guys? But you know what you're allowed to do? Ask the question. How about we take a step even further back and recognize what I've already shown you, which is in July 20th, 20, or the year 2000. Interestingly, specifically, into force in January 2001. A law specifically against Protection Against Infection Act, which is basically forced injection. But guess what? Not how you might think. Now, if you think this is so fake news, explain to me why Germany in the year 2000 would write this. The law for the prevention and control of infectious diseases in humans. It reads, in the case of a vaccination ordered on the basis of this law, or one publicly recommended by the highest state health authority, or a vaccination in accordance with Section 17A, Paragraph 2 of the Soldiers Act, vaccines may be used which contain microorganisms which can be excreted by the vaccinated person and ingested by other people. There's no way to misunderstand that. Oh, and guess what? In this law, in this part of the law, the fundamental right to physical integrity is restricted in this aspect, in this respect. Okay, so in Germany in the year 2000, 22 years ago, they put down a law that said, if we decide we should force injections on you, we're allowed to use the version that's not supposed to exist yet, where we can self-spread them. There it is. How do you explain that? The only way you explain that is that this has been a long-sought agenda, and that they wrote in the law that they could use the very thing they knew they were already working on, which is human-to-human self-spreading vaccines. Now, am I saying that's happened? I can't prove that. I don't know. But what I do know is that we are at a point where this is a valid conversation that even the mainstream before we got here was saying this is the future right up until it became the time when it would be used as the future and they all got real quiet. I wonder why. Now, maybe this law was passed because they knew this would happen. Maybe it's because they thought it might happen. But look at this now. We're in a place right now where they now have the legal standing to do it if they have the the capability. So why wouldn't we ask if they have? Because as I said, in 2018, this is what they argued. If moral bioenhancement, which is what this is, ought to be compulsory, then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt. That is to say, it's morally preferable, they frame it, morally preferable for compulsory 
moral bioenhancement, because that's how they frame it, to be administered without the recipients knowing that they are receiving the enhancement. The argument is essentially that it ought to be compulsory, or if it is, then its administration is a matter of public health. Exactly what they're claiming. And for this reason, should be governed by public health ethics, which is so embarrassing that they claim that as ethics. They argue that covert administration of a compulsory moral bioenhancement, which you could argue would be nanotechnology or as simple as a genetic manipulation that is enhancing your bio makeup, or rather manipulating it, which they would frame as enhancement, enhancement in their, in their direction, which is self-spreading and back injecting, you know, whatever they want to frame it as, better conforms to public health ethics than does an overt compulsory program. Why? Well, they literally argue that a covert compulsory program promotes values like liberty, utility, and equality and autonomy better than one that tells you they're doing it because you're too dumb to know what's good for you. That is the essence of this. That is your future. That is what they're building on you right this moment. Now, ask yourself one final question. When we begin to see an obvious explosion, and I mean explosion, if you had seen the the number two dose compared to one, it would be exponentially higher If we are beginning to see the same in Scotland, Canada, everywhere else in the United States, an outright explosion of cases, as well as everything else, but let's just focus on the cases, in the people who are not, or who are fully injected, the risk, this is the risk per 100,000, 3,000 for injected compared to 1,400 to not. Um, 4,500 per 100,000 for injected compared to 1,600. One, Jesus, 1,600 on the knot. Same every kind of, keep going forward. 40 to 49 is 4,400 compared to 1,400. That is unbelievable. And you know what that correlates with, guys? As you know, they keep telling you, Omicron's release. So it's almost like this got released and literally served the purpose of a self-spreading vaccine that ripped through the population and gave all of them immunity, if that's what you believe happened as well as all of the other really, really dangerous, serious side effects that they pretend aren't there. And only to those that got it, right? Now, that's if you believe vaccine side of this, right? If this is a natural immunity situation, I mean, this, that's why this is so up in the air. I'm not claiming to have all the answers here. All I'm saying, and I'm theorizing for you right now, is that the evidence I presented today makes it undeniable that this is a valid discussion point and concern. The reason I'm splitting that conversation is because if they're, let's just say hypothetically, this wasn't, you know, self-spreading injection that they planted and released. Well, then we should be very concerned about the side effects like we're seeing with the injections they released elsewhere. Or if this is a natural thing that spread, then we would argue the natural immunity argument versus what we're seeing elsewhere. But again, we don't know. And we can't trick with their word, their word because they've lied to you about everything. All we do know is it seems that since this thing, this thing has completely flipped. And maybe that's why. But if that is the case, I'm very concerned about what it's doing to people as it spreads. And let's forget, finish off by pointing out that Bill Gates, the non-scientist, non-doctor, that there's no reason we should even take it as word, tells you, well, the COVID risks have dramatically reduced. And again, he's framing that because Omicron, which by the way, it was reduced for everybody long before this ever began. He says, but another pandemic is coming, just like he said last time. Of course, they'll frame that as there's always another one coming, but that's not what he said though, is it? Another one is coming. And it's all but certain because that is something I think they know. Whether it's narrative or whatever else, because it's all set in stone, right? This is already the biosecurity state and we are sprinting in that direction. 
But I truly believe that what we're seeing is something that has, I mean, again, based on this conversation, where was it? Right here? No, here. That I believe that there was something that started here. I've been saying that from the beginning. No one explained the four nationals. Now, this could be as simple as something that was just another bioweapon manipulation, the immune system aspect, or whatever you want to look at it as. But there's an obvious connection back to this, the location, the beginning of this, and Bill Gates now calling it a vaccine. To the point that we now absolutely know this was the history. So just consider this. Think for yourselves and do your due diligence. Do not trust the mainstream media. Do not trust anybody for that matter. Trust yourself. Because I tell you guys, there's an endless amount of information out there that we will continue to cover for you. Now, we were going to get into a lot more involving this hospital and the, and the transplant conversation, which I had some information from Brooke Jackson, but we'll probably do that tomorrow if I get to a show tomorrow. I wasn't planning on one today, but this was important, guys. So I'll leave it there today. Still much, much, much longer than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just the way it is because there's so much going on here. But guys, thank you for tuning in today and continuing to fight for this. Please help this information get out. I know stars out there knocking out of the park with Brock and everybody else making outstanding clips. But as we know, there are pirate channels doing the same thing. If you'd like to do this, break out the important parts, clip it out, Twitter, YouTube, do your thing. Get it out there because there's so much information in these little parts that we need to get out. The point is that you have a right to ask these questions. You have a right to think for yourself, whether in Ottawa, in, in the United States or anywhere else in the world. And all they can tell you is that you're only allowed to think what they want you to think. You're only allowed to ask the questions that they allow you to ask. That's the future they're building. I don't know about you, but I'd like to think for myself. So thank you for being here, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated. Did you go too quickly is the first The answer to that is, the speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety, nor did it compromise scientific integrity. The next question is, okay, but what about the fact, is it really safe and is it really effective? Or is this something the government is trying to put over on us? Is this something the companies want to take advantage of? Well, let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months. We've had clinical trials, and thanks to the volunteers in that trial, in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products. It is really bittersweet. The bitterness is the fact of what the Vice President mentioned. We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation with record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you, as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter, and the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. And we all hope, and I think this is doable, that by the time we get to several months into this year, we will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return to normality. And that's up to all of us to step forward and get vaccinated.